Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best moments, songs, albums, TV dramas, TV comedies, and movies of 2020 are, is, (laughs) were. I'm your host, Mike Gravano, for this very special preview episode where we will be sprinkling, just giving you little teases, little tidbits from our pop culture nips, what you'll be hearing for the next few weeks. I got to say, with- Mike, that you, uh, you typically you want to just focus on movies with movie of the year, but all of this stuff, are you okay with that? This is pop culture of the year. With me, as always, is that voice you might recognize and love to hear, Greg. Hey, it's Greg, waiting my turn, because I don't just jump in and step on everyone's toes. Also, the subject subject was movies, so the verb is were. Were. Thank you. Yeah. History professor Greg. Uh, (laughs) With us, as also always, is that guy who always wants to be the host, but pussies out right before we hit record and says somebody else does it, but still interrupts before the host is introducing the show. Ryan. Boogie to boogie to whack. You know who's boogie to whack? Me. It's Ryan. That's right. I'm up in your ear holes, fucking them hardcore. Why, why do we let them on the show? Uh, those voices you're hearing saying no are correct. <laughs> this year was too big, too epic, if the kids still say that, uh, too lit, too on fleek. <laughs> uh, to buy Felicia to handle just the three of us who are in movie of the year. So we ew. had to bring in. So we could just say ew whenever we want. This is ew. Yes, this is ew. Uh, <laughs> the unnatural twenties are here. Give it up for books. Hey, what's up, Cassie? Hey, and Caitlin. Yo, my homies, what's up? I hate all of this. I wish I was doing this with just Greg, based on how this is going so far. I want a battle between Caitlin and Ryan right now. <laughs> Who's going to get farther in the ear holes? Uh. Oh. <laughs> ew. Ew, ew, ew. Uh, let's go around the horn. I would like one sentence to describe the oeuvre, the feeling of pop culture of 2020. Uh, Caitlin, one sentence on the pop culture of 2020. Give it to me. There was a lot. <laughs> Undeniable. <laughs> Greg. A man stood in Walmart screaming at everyone around him, I feel threatened, I feel threatened, I feel threatened. A weird follow-up to I feel pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Books. I'd say like an attempt at escape that did not happen. Ryan. Shit, that was pretty good. <laughs> I uh I it was a good year. I thought it was a good year. It's a good year. But it's good year, no? But um, did not escape, for sure. Yeah, everything that was meant to help us escape uh, usually just reminded us that there was no escape. Yeah, such is life. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, bring it on home. Uh, for me, it was the only thing there, the only thing I could count on 100%. There'd be shows, and there'd be movies, and there'd be music. <laughs> okay, so pirate talk. That's what got you through. Pirate talk. <laughs> it is interesting because like we do this every year and every year we, there's fighting and screaming. But it's a good old time. These are uh boosters to our life. They're bonuses, not just all we fucking have as we cuddle with our loved ones under blankets. Not all of our loved ones because we can't see most of them. So d- does this feel a little more escape rafty this year? The normal I, years. Yeah, most of the people I cuddled with were not my loved ones, <laughs> which made it weird. 
I uh, I cuddle with uh, uh, people that I feel fine with. They're good cuddlers, but I don't know. I would say Brian, that no, that made it a bad year. The people you meet on Parlor are not your friends. Don't cuddle with them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. How about that shit? I've been cuddling with a rotating cast of characters who all tested uh, COVID-free back in April. And honestly, it's been really nice. Was it on that island with the newly single Kim? It was on, yeah, it was on the island. <laughs> how, how, how many people do you think legit went, oh shit, she's single, even for a second before they realized how insane that was? <laughs> we now know you like, did. Like, oh shit, isn't I have a, I have a chance. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I have oh. a chance. <laughs> Just like the opposite of like when a celebrity you have a crush on gets married and you're like, oh, like part of your heart really does that because uh-huh. you're a moron. I guess nobody. Nobody nobody here. I guess nobody would ever feel like that. Let's dive right in and start talking about some specific shows we'll be doing in the next few weeks after this break. Listeners, movie of the yearers. No. What do we call our fans, guys? Filterheads, filterinos. I I think we just we we call him Dave. Dave's. Hi, Dave. (laughs) Hi, Dave's of the world. You're all Dave in our heart. Next week, you're going to be hearing a very special show. The longest tradition we here at Your Pop Filter have is Century of the Year. You're in, you're at. We, with a team of friends and valiant foes, count down the 100 biggest pop culture moments of the last year while doing a shot of beer every minute on the minute. Every year, the board, our lawyers, our significant others and some of our panelists say, please, no, can we not do that again this year? <laughs> I, and for some reason, I have a we question. Continue uh, to do it. This is for Mine's Ma- already started based on his <laughs> I have a question. I have something to say. This is for McKenna, Cassie, and Caitlin. Uh, at what minute do you guys think that this is not a good show anymore and I wish that I was anywhere else? Just right off the bat, like as soon as it starts, is going to be. I, don't I think, think probably like a minute in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one minute, okay. So thanks, thanks, Cassie. Thank you for that. I'll give you. I'll give you a solid twenty. Oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna say before I even hit like record. I already know it's preemptive. It's not hindsight. It's but that's how you go into happens. everything in life. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. before you make any decision. Yeah, this is going to be bad. This is bad. Uh, so every year we change it a little bit. This year, uh, as you all know, Dave's uh, is different. We we can't fill our studio to the brim of just sweaty germ filled Dave's. Uh, Ryan, what's going to be different about Cody twenty twenty? So there's a couple things that are different, Mike, and thank you for asking. Uh, Greg's going to host because Greg can Woo. read words. Yeah. Um, Things are already changing so much <laughs> at an eighth grade level. We're not. We're not <laughs> We're not going to do the unnatural 20s uh, every 10 minutes. It's going to be me versus Mike versus the unnatural 20s. Every third minute, they're going to cycle out and do a shot. And I think that this is going to be probably the best rules that we've ever come up with. And if not, we'll just change them for next year. Yeah, I think this is the seventh year in a row. It's never been the same. We keep trying to tinker to make it a better show. And again... The option, don't do it, is never taken. <laughs> and uh, the, the, there's been... It's called Century of the Year. There's 100 minutes. Uh, Hold on. We before are... you keep going, uh, Greg and Mike. Yes. Cassie, McKenna, Caitlin, 
Cycling Those out. Are our names. Every third minute, who is going to drop out first? Oh. <laughs> If oh, you two okay. had to pick of those three, who's going Caitlin. to bounce out? Caitlin, uh, really? I think it's between me and Books. Yeah. Yes, hold it down. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Books because she's a gentlewoman. Every time Cassie takes a shot of beer, one of her toes gets bigger. She's like a Popeye. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's like spinach for her. What's more That's why she's hanging that, from that branch. What's more uncomfortable with that is she takes a shot of beer and then grabs a shot of whiskey. And we're like, no, you don't have to do that. But she does it <laughs> no. anyway. Yeah. That's me personally. I do have to do it. That's a philosophy. And I just want you guys to know I have been training hardcore for this. Not by reading any news. I've been like burying my hand, my head in the sand when it comes to news. But I pound beers constantly. So oh, see, I've, I've I've taken it a step further. I'm just taking gin shots so that the beer just seems so easy. Gin <laughs> shots. <laughs> monster. Who the fuck? Both, <laughs> both sailors will say, I would not like that gin shot. I, I, I would prefer to not have that gin shot. God damn it, McKenna. That is hardcore. Somebody Never mind, who only uses a song that, we're going down, we're living To me, that's very gin-filled. So that's Century of the Year. Uh, oh, yeah, Ryan rudely interrupted. So normally we do it 100 minutes filled with a bunch of sweaty bodies. It's fun. It's uh, connecting. We're all there. You mm-hmm. all remember live events. Uh, this year, we are all distanced on our own sad computers so it will be 60 minutes it'll be the century of the year brought to you by the power hour because n- nobody any of us live with yeah uh, that's too let much us do 100 minutes of that <laughs> that's so much to inflict us. on somebody also that not that much that. So, not that much happened in 2020 so yeah pretty yeah. well year it's quite year so i'm sure there will be a lot of talk about quibi and that's all i could kind of think of <laughs> Uh, hey guys, remember murder hornets? Whatever happened to them? What did fucking happen? Loose end, am I right? Another <laughs> plot hole show you'll be very excited to hear about. I think this is the fan favorite of the year, of the season, of every movie of the year we do, is Mixtape. Fuck you, dude. No, this is the worst. This is the worst episode. <laughs> it's so it's so weird to say that. This on air, two people, Ryan. <laughs> this this weird, is where a bunch funny. of murder hornets bring a bunch of insane songs that nobody Ryan's, has ever heard of. So Ryan's just mad because every year he sends us all a list of 20 songs that he has said these are okay to be on. <laughs> Not, you could just make your own fucking mixtape, man. Oh, man. Uh, books, how, how was the year in songs, do you think? Surprisingly, I feel like songs was a highlight this year in some ways. I think we got a lot of good content that I didn't expect to come out. So I'm expecting mixtape to just be a delight as it always is. Also books. I have to ask, uh, typically when we're trying to build like some sort of like dance album, you're always there for like the French piano based. That's uh, my signature opera song. The French piano German song. Yes. Is that, is that what you're bringing this year? It wouldn't be like that's what I thought you wanted. That's why you continue to invite me on. I think so, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What, so normally when we do these every season, it's we're building the ultimate party mix, right? We've talked about that every time we do a mixtape. This year was not a year of partying. Uh, it was tragic. It was grim, and nor should it be. Nobody <laughs> should have enough people to party. Do you guys still? Do you want to live in a fantasy land? And yes. create the 2020 party mix, or do you want to build the actual mix of what it would be like? Cassie, what do you think? I feel like half of me, my initial instinct is to build the party one so we can drown it out. 
But from like the experience with the music I listened to this year, like a lot of it was more somber. And I felt like sometimes you just need to match the like you got to set the soundtrack to what's happening. And like you can't like when you want to shove things away sometimes to like have the world dying in front of you and you just playing pop music. It doesn't always mesh. So I'm going with build it to what like what it was. And, and Greg, it sounded like you wanted to pretend we could party. Yeah, I I think uh, I'm already I, I already have the weakness of relying on entertainment as a form of escapism, and I think 2020 it's like the the ultimate escapism, and so that has maybe made me favor up tempo party music at least for the the list that we're gonna put together the mixtape that we're gonna put together. Why would we? Yeah, why would we not? Like, let's let's. Oomp, 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 right? Like, let's do it. Well, maybe if, if we decide uh, the public show is going to be oomp, 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 uh, <laughs> unless French piano German music, as Ryan so eloquently put earlier, uh, maybe we'll do a special Patreon, what it was really like 2020 mixtape of all of us just staring at a wall, drinking a fifth of Jack. That kind of music. <laughs> I mean, there there is within the within the mixtape formula, there is kind of a time where it slows down a little bit after the initial onrush. Mm-hmm. You know, you the perfect moment for French yeah. piano German or, music. If we're being French, on rouge, the on rouge <laughs> of it all. Caitlin, I have a very important question for you about the mixtape. Yeah. Every year, the, the the Daves know this. Every year, you bring in the song that makes and or almost always breaks the mixtape and makes everybody's eye pop out of their head. Do you have that already in mind for this one? Uh, Mike, I was born (laughs) with the talent to be able to find that every year. So you better believe I already know what that is. But yeah, this is an honor for you to... um, to, uh, it's an honor for me <laughs> to have the agent of chaos you know Hell around yeah. me yeah. Um, but yes I do have a lot of things in line just in case I can't throw one in and someone stills like an artist I have quite a few like reserve ones I like that I like the kind of planning on Hell yeah, dude. you're doing now hey there's no bowling for soup came out in 2020 right <laughs> not that I know of <laughs> good. only 1985 <laughs> good 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 That is all the time we have to talk about Century of the Year and Mixtape. Those will be coming out in the next couple weeks. We're going to take a quick break and then dive into the album of the year. (laughs) Well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter. Email contacts at your pop filter. Hey, everybody, keep watching them movies. The first bracketed show we will dive into in the season will be Album of the Year. We start with it because it's the medium we all feel most comfortable with. <laughs> As we're saying year and year out, we all know how to talk about music, we listen to it a lot, enjoy it. Some of us even play it. <laughs> Uh, before we give the Daves a preview of what albums and artists we'll be talking about in that show, I kind of want to go around the horn and just talk about everybody's favorite album. Uh, Greg, what was your favorite album my, of this year? My favorite album that didn't make it, and I almost feel like you guys are going to think this is a joke, but it's really not. Uh, there's an artist named Dorian Electra, and uh, they uh, you, kn- joke. you know uh, 100 Gex? 
They yes. have a sound a lot like 100 Gex, and I almost oh, thought of joke, the man. the 2020 uh, 100 Gex like uh, remix album, but it's very much a remix album, um, yeah. and so I didn't want to do that. So Dorian Electra has the same kind of sound, and one of the things I look for in music is like how much you can work out to it, and uh, their album My Agenda um, is just full of crazy, overwhelming, really big poppy impresario like uh odes to just like yeah this is the first track f the world yeah i hear the gex yeah uh a lot of like sexiness a lot of gender you know play um a lot of like electronic effects a lot of like you're a gremlin but you're a girl gremlin yeah i get that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so there you go i think that explains you're a bugs bunny but you're a bugs bunny in a dress yeah well i'm summed up moving on <laughs> cassie what do you got uh this year the album like i listened to a lot actually and then was surprised that i didn't make it uh i think it's just because i'm a little biased towards this artist but uh childish gambino had an album this year three fifteen twenty, and it's like this guy, every time he just kind of blows my mind when he throws out an album, it's unreal. Cause he, I've, it's rare that there's an artist that respects like putting out, he doesn't try to put out like just music. He literally tries to put out art. And I realize that sounds douchey to say, but like he doesn't just try to make music. He is trying to do so much more with every song. He's not trying to do, like, he's not releasing music just to get like out there, get it like his name more known or anything. It's just tell a good thing. And that's what he's got. A, obviously, tons of really good beats. They all flow into each other in this album. It kicks ass. We're all just listening because it's very good. <laughs> it's like one of those ones where you play it and it's instantly a vibe. And he keeps it throughout. The evolution of his sound is like so impressive. He like over the course of his career, he sounded so many different ways. Yeah, if you compare this to Camp, unreal. Yeah. Yeah, from his like. Mixtapes where he just rapped over. Yeah, totally. To, yeah. To camp, to uh, awaken my love, to this. Yeah, it's just somebody who's never. I feel like on his I laurels is not something he does. And maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like I hear the journey too. Mm-hmm. Like you, like he doesn't just sound different now than he did then. You, I feel like he, you hear every way he has sounded in his sound right. now. He, I am shocked, actually- shocked. That uh, with that video that he had it in his last year, that he is not on the bracket. Like that's crazy. To yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he actually does. Like Greg, you were saying, like he, like you can hear his journey. He intentionally does that. Like he'll intentionally put in like a reference to the other ones, that's which so is cool. like it's something like Kendrick will do it too. Like they talk about how they've grown to like include their story into it, and that's what it's just. It's cool to respect like the storytelling and then just the amazing beats. Like he has it all around. It's a good album. Do, do you guys miss it all that he no longer sings about doing his laundry and making bad songs for Rashida Jones and feeling very embarrassed by that fact? Like, just that young, up-and-coming Donald Glover. I, I do miss that, actually, it. Mike. And I miss that about, like, Kanye, too. I Like, Kanye's early albums, he's, like, rapping about, like, working at The Gap. Like, yeah. that's the, you know, mm-hmm. and he knows it, too. He, We're not we going to get those raps again. Yeah, but it's just after a while you just start rapping about, you know, you don't work at the gap anymore. Now you're rich and you have private security and a big house. His name is Ben, but I think I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, I Joe uh, Wentz felt sorry. real bad. <laughs> He's got two kids and they're thirteen and twelve. 
<laughs> All right, moving on. Caitlin, what is your favorite album of the year that we will not be talking about? Yeah, so um, this one was really surprised it didn't make it on the list. Cassie talked about a really great album with by Childish Gambino that had like a great impact. You can see like the whole like flow through all of it. Um, I saw something that really impacted me personally, and I know it touched a lot of people's lives. It is called Julie and the Phantoms um, soundtrack um, from the Netflix TV show <laughs> Julie and the Phantoms. Um, the whole show and the album has like a high school musical type feel, which is just <laughs> anthems that make you feel fucking good and on top of the world. Um, so I think this is like one of those albums that um, really gets you through those hard moments that 2020 may have slung at us all. So yeah, the may Julie have? and the Phantoms <laughs> may have, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's one of those really impactful albums that touched us all, I think. Um, but yeah, Julie and the Phantoms, if you're looking for that right now. <laughs> yes. I, no, Caitlin, I totally agree. This album is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have a song that uh, you want to be played right now? Definitely. It's called The Edge of Great. Is this just Gem and the Holograms for the kids? <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can't believe you put that together, but yes. But well, it, the name yeah. kind of gives it away. And Would the fact you, that Caitlin's super into it. Are they truly, what? truly, truly outrageous? Based on that music line, you know it's going to get big and drop. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we switched it. That was stanky. I liked it. Wait, is this one of those bands with eight singers? This is the villain. Singing. Yeah, I don't want to hear this guy singing. I don't like him. <laughs> no. This is awful. <laughs> High school musical ass. <laughs> no. I, I'm going to say this is my least favorite of all the songs on the album, <laughs> but it's the one you chose. I don't want somebody with this voice ever sing Let Your Body Loose. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Probably sang in the back of a van. Was he wearing like a cream suit with a top hat while he performed yes. this? I feel like he was. Yes, he We're not sure if he's the devil. Yes. How, wait, how'd you know? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not the kidding. Music, I mean, it does communicate a lot. So check yeah. out Gem and the Phantom Grams. Julian the Phantoms. Julian the Phantoms. Uh, Ryan, what is the album you are? Most PO'd is not going to be in our episode. Look, I think that the bracket did a really good job of putting the uh, female singers that we all want on there. You know, like, all we want... And that pisses you off, you misogynist? No, I'm saying that... <laughs> okay, Mike, again, I'm saying that I like that. I guess you could go ahead and make fun of me. Because I like girls. Uh, if you say a name, we can talk about it, and then you can find the song. Oh, uh, what? Uh, I think that I'm gonna have to go with Pearl Jam. Pearl okay. Jam, really? <laughs> this is one of Ryan's guys, right? Like, I, I'm surprised that Ryan didn't bribe the board to get Gigaton, right? It's Gigaton that came out. It's Gigaton on the. So maybe Ryan's not the only Pearl Jam guy in the room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the bracket, it is. It's not as good as Lightning Bolt, which was the last. Pearl Jam album that came out that I remember. Oh, shit. I was like, look who's talking now. Man, this feels you, good. You guys sound like Steely Dan fans <laughs> right now. I swear <laughs> to God. It doesn't really have the sound of uh, Mama's Blue Shoes, but, you know, <laughs> it's better than Fandango Wendango. 
you twenties. What 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 is this fucking Pearl Jam mean anything to people of your age? I thought it was a joke when he said Pearl Jam had an Same. album this year. I did too. <laughs> and then shocking because Cassie, you dress more like Eddie better than anybody in this room. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> the aesthetic moves on, sure. It's a strong yeah. look. And that's, I guess, that's why I can't listen to it. It's because I know, like, he's battling me for a fashion icon, and like, there can only be one. So, all white people know is plaid. You you can't. That's all we know how to do. Patterns are good. Go to the squares on squares. Can't go wrong with that. I guess. uh, All right. Let me. (laughs) Okay. So while I find it, let me tell you guys this. You're still. (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) still. Again, I'm white. Uh, the first five songs are unbelievable. The rest of it is sort of garbage. And I love how we're still uploading, like, or uh, front-loading albums. Yeah. Like, we want to make sure that, like, why? Why? Well, what I mean, are we because doing if you're here? Because, Ryan, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, you are still listening to the album from front track. to back. Like, <laughs> is that insane? Yeah, dude. That I mean, you probably own the album on compact disc. <laughs> no, I'm shut up, Craig. I bought it on compact disc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be the youngest person in the world who listens to them, so that makes sense that they would still make old albums. Pro Jam, yeah. Look, they're not gonna surprise you, but goddamn, do they not write some toe tappers? Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, that's not that's not terrible. It's I'll a little bland. This song, but, so Greg, if you give us a little band, this song is when, called Sugar, is. This song is called Sugar Blue Wolf Moon. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, that's the song made for the '90s. Uh, <laughs> so this album is a little bland, but legit. If you're like, what if that was good? Go check out Lightning Bolt from 2013. It was <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> the first thing I thought about the album was that it just doesn't feel like it did come out last year. You could have told me that came out. Yeah, twenty years timeless, ago, I, I would have believed say. it. <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but so this is weird for me because I have so many people to tell to fuck off. But Mike, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> uh, I'm on your side, bro. Because I actually dug the album bracket. You know, like uh, I think that our the bracket for the uh, music of the year is awesome. And then I just I thought that uh, Pearl Jam should. Maybe be on there, and I'm now. I'm starting to realize how, how what I look like when I say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're just you're in your even flow, man. You're never gonna stop being that. What if Nirvana played played Green Day songs? Books. <laughs> what album should have been on here? My pick is completely selfish, and I can be called out for that. But 2020 was a year she that released I released it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my own personal album. Check it out on SoundCloud. McKenna uh, sings the books. <laughs> 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 Call me Ishmael. <laughs> well, Moby Dick is a hell of a book. <laughs> <laughs> what did now you do yesterday? Well, I read Green <laughs> Gatsby. Uh, my pick is uh, the the album that we only had briefly for 2020, but it did bring me a lot of comfort because it was the perfect album to just like cry as I knit while listening. And oh that goodness. is Evermore by Taylor Swift. And I thought it, it took a little bit to grow on me, but I thought it was an absolute gem. And I loved it. The gem without the hologram? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, she gave us an embarrassment of Richards. Uh, Richards. An embarrassment of Richards. <laughs> she just brought all the Richards to the That's floor. That's what you call more than a couple of Richards hanging out together. An embarrassment. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we were talking about something else. Mm. T Swift's second album of the year. Yeah, so T Swift's yeah, second it, album. How long did it take for this one to grow on you books? Because this one I still haven't been able to get into, and I don't know why. I think like two listens through once I I just same. Yeah, it it did take a minute, but it wasn't like I had to force myself to really dive in and like it, but I just had to um kind of think about some of the songs a bit more what they were doing, I guess, or what they were implying. I just Taylor's really making us think this time around. I know. Aren't we so stoked about how much Taylor is making us think right now? She's like, usually she spells it out pretty damn obviously. Now she's like, I'm going to need you to do a Google search or two um, or watch my uh, Disney Plus show. um, And then you'll learn a little bit more. All right. I I don't like Caitlin's tone right now, but I would like to say that, Mike, I think that your bracket might be ruined and that uh, Fiona, Apple, and Phoebe Bridgers might be done because Taylor Swift is going to take this down. Well, th- those are all previews of what will be on the bracket. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll actually tell you what's on that bracket, including those things Ryan just said. Now, before we dive into the bracket and, and preview what we talked about, I'm a little hurt. None of you were like, hey, Mike, what was your favorite album of the year that you were Nobody fall for this. Don't ask. Don't gonna ask. Be made there but the thing is i'm hosting that show i'm hosting album of the year uh-huh. which i feel very privileged to which means fuck you my favorite album of the year that wasn't on the bracket gets to be on the bracket because <laughs> that's the kind of dictator i am it is uh let me pull up the name because there's too many things in front of me uh, that artist is barty strange the album is live forever it is a, his inaugural album i think that's how you call that uh he had only released some eps before this I can't remember the last time I heard a band that made my brain on fire. Like the, it happens all the time when you're in high school, when you're like, "Holy shit!" And then <laughs> that just becomes your identity for a week. It's all you listen to. It's all you want to talk about. Uh, but then you grow old and dead, and <laughs> things don't hit you emotionally anymore. And the the things this guy did to me uh, were magical. I can't tell if our producer is about to start playing it, so I'm going to keep talking. Uh, it's Nobody's listened to it yet, right? I think Greg. I've listened. I, I've listened to it. Yeah, it's uh, what I was struck by was um, the all the different sounds they have. You right? know, um, some tracks are like just like straight rap tracks. Some tracks sound like TV on the radio. It's total um, TV on the radio. Yeah, uh, and a lot of a lot of pain in this music. Like you were asking yes. about, like whether or not like this music provides like an escape. He instead of providing an escape, like. Uh, um, Maybe the music is an escape from how bleak his life has become. So it's it's heavy stuff, but beautiful. Yeah, it, the, the vibes of it, like Greg said, it's it's genres go all over the place throughout the album, but without feeling like, look what I'm doing. I yeah. listen to these things. Uh, but emotionally, it's very, to me, Frightened Rabbit and The National, where it's like, God damn, these are sad bastards. Yeah. But I feel good listening and singing along somehow. <laughs> If pain, uh, if like, if so much pain could be made so beautiful, it, it, I don't know, it like, there's something hopeful about that in a, in a way. Yeah. And this is the intro song, Jealousy. It, it sets the stage and then it really kicks into high gear on the next song on the album. We don't have to get into that now. Uh, because it would be unfair to me for the 16th seed, which this would have been, to go up against the number one seed, I'm going to roll this little die am i saying that right I, I don't really play with these often so i'm rolling this 20 sided or 16 sided die uh seated seed huh seated seated it's seated it's seated 
and then we'll find out where Barty Strange Live Forever is going to end up and reseed the entire bracket. Oh. What happened? It's rolling. It's rolling. Exciting. Nine. It will now be the ninth seed. Ooh, which is, you know, that's, that's a good draw. Than 16. That's a good draw. Than 16. Going to be going up another against another like middle of the pack. Yeah, that's a right. That uh, that's a good draw. I think it's it's good draw. It's all going to be uh, random though, right? So it's just who you get matched up against. Right. Right now, we're going to we don't want to give away the battles yet. We're going to go in alphabetical order by last name most of the time. Uh, <laughs> just give two to three sentences why you think this album should take it all down. Now, McKenna, tell the listeners why Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters deserves to own it all. It is one of those albums that never lets you settle in the first way. Like, you never get comfortable listening to the songs. It kind of just takes over and puts you in different places, like emotionally, and it feels physical. Um, and it's just gorgeously composed. The, the musicality of the way the songs flow but still jar you as you're listening to them is absolutely incredible. Damn. Sounds like that should win. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> I don't know about you. Also, do you remember that. when that album came out? It was. It felt like she had come to save us or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it was like such a gift when it came out. We should fetch the goddamn. <laughs> now that that was a pretty good argument, but but Caitlin, I I do see your hand raised that you have a pretty good argument for why Phoebe Bridgers' Punisher should be the one to take it all down. The music in that Phoebe Bridgers is really good. Um. I don't always know exactly what she's saying, but damn, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's what I would say about Miss Phoebe. Now, uh, some people have said that she is the like sad girl's Taylor Swift. What do you think about that? I think Taylor Swift's lines are easier to follow than Phoebe Bridgers. Um, but Phoebe has a beautiful, beautiful music that makes you feel like certain things whenever you listen to it, like um, harder than I feel like Taylor Swift does. All right, another good argument for who should win this. Uh, but Greg seems upset. He seems to think that Chloe X Halley, I'm very old. Is it Chloe times Halley, Chloe and Halley, Chloe X? I would imagine it's Chloe and Haley. Chloe and Haley's Ungodly Hour, Greg. But, but, but we don't know. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of like R&B or funk, which is what they were on in my Apple Music app. And I don't think that really describes them. Uh, I think that they've got a lot more to their sound than just that. And I, I think that their lyrical content is really interesting because they sing about how complex mar- modern relationships are, especially if you are someone with a little bit of fame and, and how just everything is like so much more complicated. Um, and they both have beautiful voices and what I like that they have um, that I think is a little bit more better than most R&B I listen to is it feels a little bit more up tempo, mm-hmm. um, a little more high energy and every track is, is interesting and it has like so sort of its own dynamic. So um, I think they should go far. Vote Chloe and Haley. Ungodly hours. Sounds like it's going to take it all down. But Ryan, why should Dua Lipa's future nostalgia actually be the one to win it? I don't know, Mike. How about somebody else? Okay. Mike, can he, I volunteer? You feel that this that one? form wrong, Cassie? Take it away. I, this album is like 
full dance. Like if you want to forget the year, like this one is it. She is all about like just supplying party vibes. And like she nailed it in one. There is not a single song on this that you can't just put on and like feel like you're having a good time too. It has like the tones that it has, the beats sets you in a whole like atmosphere. It's like enveloping into a good fun time. I love it. Good workout vibes. Not many on the bracket are good workout vibes. vibes. This has good workout vibes for sure. Unstoppable working out vibes. Uh, Sounds like Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia actually is going to win it. But McKenna, you say Bob Dylan's Rough and Rowdy Ways is going to be the one to take it all down? I, uh, You know what? If you need an album that's going to kind of transport you to an earlier time through voice alone... Uh, I think this is one that could manage that or maybe just make you feel older somehow because that's the vibe I got with this album. I just <laughs> felt aged by listening to it. And with age comes wisdom. So that's that's probably an argument why it's so great. And it just oozes oozes that wisdom. Uh, but no, I'm seeing a big argument. Greg, you're saying Haim's Women in Music Part 3 is actually going to take this all down. Yeah, I like Haim because they um, don't like have that girl group aesthetic they've like refuted that and they really do spice girls girl power well yeah i think i think if a band is just happens to be all women then it's like it gets kind of branded a certain way and they have Mm. they've fought that they've fought that off and they just you know shred and and have um fun cool songs um I have not been the biggest Haim fan before this, but I've always I've always heard of them. And this album was a good introduction into what they have on offer. I mean, speaking of fun, this album sounds like they their reputation that they have it, they own it, and now they can just let that weight off their shoulders. For sure, it. yeah, and do what they want to do, and like they like you know they've thrown off the shackles of an industry that yeah. makes that almost impossible. It's it's a goofier album now i'm gonna try this i think i'm gonna get yelled at again ryan watch <laughs> perfume geniuses set my heart on fire immediately oh my goodness i'm clearly trying to do something right now and I, <laughs> oh you're on like, a podcast that's the perfect time to do something that you don't need to do until a couple weeks that's and, great. and i don't have the microphone even in front of my face but you know what mike because you're such a fucking good host and a good friend and, and such a handsome guy and decided to shave the side of your head for fucking no reason, and no one asked great, you to do that. Great visual cues for people who will never see my face. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, so that's a great podcast, you guys. I'm so glad he's on the show. I, <laughs> I think that Perfume Genius is going to win because he is the perfect middle ground between I just like to groove, you know, like sometimes I just like to smoke a little bit of tobacco, you know, <laughs> and I like to uh, dance to a little bit of. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, tobacco. just like <laughs> I just like to put tobacco on the turntable and uh, see what's up. And I think that perfect perfume genius is the perfect example of that middle ground of like, mm, yeah, tobacco. Can I Ooh, can I up? can I just say this is not the what you think of as the perfume genius sound. This album necessarily, uh, it's not like quite that electronic sound that he that he's had previously. But the first line that he sings, uh, it's just his voice, and it comes in, and he says, half of my whole life is gone. So I was Come like, wow, what a, what, what a great a, what line. A line. What this, a so line. I went, that is the, uh, the dark 2020 stare at the wall and drink vibes. So I went on the internet, and I typed into my Google, how old is Perfume Genius? And ladies and gentlemen, Perfume Genius is the exact same age as me. Half <laughs> oh, no. of my whole life is gone. <laughs> and then that album pay- different? <laughs> no, just a little bit, yeah, because I'm like, have I even achieved as much as Perfume Genius? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I have not achieved as much as Perfume Genius. I think he's got me by a little bit. All right. That is a great argument for Perfume Genius <laughs> to make us think of how we're all going to die. But Run the Jewels came out with an album that's hard to dismiss. Books, what are they doing with RTJ4? Oh, they are making so many statements. They are just just making... They- the emotions of 2020 come out in that album, I think, and like, it's it's brilliant. I don't even think I can capture it into words, but um, it's oh, it's just so good. I can't even put it into words. At this point, everybody should know "Run the Jewels." If you don't, you're dumb. And uh, they're one of those bands. They're the Meryl Streep of music. If they put yes. it on an album, they're going to be on this bracket. Uh, we had a band that I had never heard of before this year that came out with two albums. Bold. Only one other artist did that. The difference between uh, another artist and this band is both of their albums made it on the bracket. Salt, S-A-U-L-T, is Rise and Black is. This mystery R&B experimental group. Nobody knows who the fuck they are. I assume the people who record them and are married to them know who they are. (laughs) But the public, we do not know who they are. Both Rise and Black is uh, on this bracket. Cassie, tell the folks about Salt. Okay, so Salt is, I was, I didn't know about them at all. So, like, getting to listen to them on this was really cool. And the best, like, I feel like the highest compliment I can give to this is, like, it kind of got me into poetry. Like, it's not poetry, but it gave me that vibe of, like, this is a poetry night. And, like, people are really, like, it's deep. And then it also, it's telling a full story. It's good mm-hmm. music. And it's just, like, it's you. It's something you know is important. It's kind of makes it, it's one you have to respect, I feel. And it it just made it where I was like, I went from Dua Lipa to this, and I was like, I had to change my mindset completely. Yeah. I had to go yeah. to, I was like, not for this one. This one takes, I need to give this the proper respect. Yeah, it's crazy that music can be so many things. Think about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Next up in our alphabetical order, and uh, obviously should take it down according to Greg, is Rina Sawayama. Oh, God damn it. Sawayama? Sawayama, thank you. Rina Sawayama. I had never heard of her until this album. Uh, she's got a very fun sound. Um, it sounds like she is dealing with like being at the convergence of multiple cultures. I think it sounds like she yeah. maybe um, grew up in London to, uh, and is the child of maybe uh, Japanese parents. I'm not sure, but it's a regardless of who where her parents came from. It's about this sort of like clash of cultures and trying, or, or a lot of her songs are, I should say, and about trying to like. Uh, please a bunch a, gr- a bunch of different people all at the same time and 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 try to be perfect and uh it has a lot of like fun pop energy on top of that and i feel like she really has her own space like she's she's doing something that i feel like nobody else is really doing right now that's yeah, what i was gonna ask wanna... what right sorry that's uh, but that's what i was gonna ask greg is that like is it um i'm supposed to like this or is it like I just fucking like this? I don't feel like I'm supposed to like it. It's it's poppy, um, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like it's not like um, amazing and will win everybody over. But for a, a pop album, I think it offers something different, which is talking about that sort of like multi generational, multicultural sort of experience that is just like you know more and more common because we're all moving around all the time. Yeah, it's not like Fleet Fox's Radiohead where you're going to get screamed at if you're like, this is my favorite thing. Because <laughs> uh, smart people say you're supposed to like those bands. But it's she's also the only person who's like, what if new metal wasn't dumb? Because she's mm-hmm. very poppy. But she also takes some new double umlaut 
riffs as fuck and uh-huh. puts it on pop songs. It's crazy. Uh, Ryan, you're back with us. I am. Folklore, Taylor Swift, on the bracket. I mean, come on. That? Like, uh, whatever shit you were about to talk about. Like, oh, she's not pop enough. Or she's not not pop enough. Unfortunately, for- Folklore came out. And also, a second album came out this year. Which I'm not going to include in my uh, opinion of this album. But uh, Taylor Swift, I do believe, took over 2020. And I am sorry to all 15 of these other performers. Because this is Taylor Swift's year. Those are bold words. But I see Caitlin raising her hand because Waxahachie St. Cloud also came out, didn't it, Caitlin? It sure did. And um, I would compare listening to this album uh, to just chilling in a bathtub, smoking a joint. That's it's just chill vibes all around. And sometimes in 2020, you need chill vibes, and that's what they supply. I think most of the time in 2020, chill vibes. <laughs> welcome. Uh, also, Caitlin's never smoked a joint or been in her backyard <laughs> yeah, or been in a tub. Yeah, could yeah. you imagine Caitlin trying to take a bath? Yeah, get up every 30 seconds. Ah! I imagine, you know. I'm just going to go get a bag of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would become the pot then. Oh, my Jesus. Yes. Mm. Now sounds, I'm the pot. <laughs> Flavored by your own salt. <laughs> you fucking monster. <laughs> I have a new dream. Uh, other chill vibes, maybe. Uh, McKenna, The weekends After Hours came out. Why should that one win? Uh, this one felt like. Like the breakup song to 2020 almost, or like recovering from the breakup. I don't know. There, this album just had uh, heartbreak, but recovering from heartbreak vibes. And it- in my brain, I couldn't get out the fact that he was what that he was heartbroken of was the fact that he could not hook up with Howard's girlfriend from Uncut Gems. <laughs> oh yeah, even though that uh, said in like 2012 or whatever. But he's still upset about yeah, it. Yeah, I still bet he, dude, I it. bet he was. <laughs> also, his terrible plastic surgery. What happened to that guy's face? Did you guys oh, see did his he new have face? bad work? Yeah, th- so the well, whole thing. Is that why the picture is blood all over? Yeah, he took the bandages off, and he looks like a like a like a Las Vegas celebrity. Like his face is fucked up. All right. Yep. We'll talk about all that right. later. <laughs> uh, your final album in the alphabet, not in our hearts, Greg. Why is Ives' tumor, heaven to a tortured mind, actually going to take this all down? I have to like phone a friend here could somebody help me out because i i i did listen to this one but now i'm just drawing a blank it's it, a it bit takes, artsy for me it's it's a bit artsy it's a bit fartsy i think it takes some cracking open uh let it be background music for a while and okay. then what what they're doing is this weird psychedelic soul which sounds dumb it sounds so like i'm gonna push my glasses up and tell you why the history of music led us to this place but it's a lot of fucking fun at the same time uh, you just have to get used to it in the background. That's the only because I hated this the first time I listened to it, and then I just kept doing it because I was like, I can't look dumb. I'm hosting that show, uh, and it cracked. And I think it's actually a lot of good and, times. And what is art if not something that you hate immediately, and then you just keep making yourself consume until eventually, I guess, you sort of like it. Art and friends, it's all the same. <laughs> Those will all be battling each other in some sort of order in just a few weeks at Movie of the Year's Best Album of the Year 2020. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start digging into the TV drama of the year. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Now, hosting every one of these 2020 Look Back shows would be too much for one That's person. That's so much Mike. I mean, too much for the listeners, too much Mike hosting. I'm not Xena. I'm not that strong. I don't have that kind of stamina. And you know what? I don't know dick about shit about TV. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to bring in some friends throughout the season to talk about that. Uh, first up, Ryan, could you please, please take off my shoulders TV drama? All right, TV drama, 2020, guys. What'd you think? Did you guys watch it? State of the Union on TV drama. I, As I look over the list, there were some very, very good TV dramas, and I can tell, looking at the list, that I gravitate away from TV dramas. <laughs> I mean, first of all, they're an hour long. Yeah, Fuck dude. That. I don't want to watch an hour long show. I want to watch... Eight half-hour shows in a row. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me personally, every year it looks I like shy away from it, and there was no change this year. There was some change. <laughs> I feel like there's some. I feel like we snuck on here that maybe aren't full dramas, and I appreciate that. Well, uh, too the the other thing too is that uh, they're all first seasons. Is that so? Oh yeah, you guys. Whoa! Oh, that is crazy. It's Almost not- everything is. Almost, yeah. yeah. Is it hard for a drama to like continue to do its stuff? Is it like is TV drama all about? Hey, what do you have right now? Well, it's the Mad Men syndrome, right? Where we're like, we know you're great. What else you got? And that's why John Hamm didn't win. And if I'm wrong about that, I mean Breaking Bad and Brian Cranston. <laughs> I do have to say, I think the two that are deepest into their their respective runs would be The Crown, which is season four, and Better Call Saul, which is season five. Those are both better for having been, you know, having the, the seasons that came before them. Mm-hmm. The Crown has been an exceptionally slow burn, but so has Better Call Saul. Like, what they're building has been so exciting there. So I think that they, it, they do benefit as much as they can, you know, um, be hurt by right. the lack of novelty. Will we finally find out what happens at the Cinnabon? Yeah, seriously, what goes down there? <laughs> Food poisoning, I bet. The first <laughs> matchup. Smirch the good name of Cinnabon that way. How dare you? <laughs> My pick. Uh, I got to add one of these things to the bracket, and it was Devs. Greg, did you watch Devs? I did watch Devs. Devs is uh, Alex Garland, who did uh, Ex Machina, the movie, and um, Annihilation. And <laughs> of course, our good friend Annihilation J Bear, Scare Bear, the Scare Bear. 
<laughs> not one of our kind bears, uh, but it has that same um, kind of like slick feeling that like Ex Machina has. But also there's like establishing shots that are somehow just a shot of the city, San Francisco, but imbued with so much dread. Um, a lot of like sort of unusual visuals, like trees that are like uh, turned into light poles or uh, the main company, their mascot is this like 75 foot tall little girl that looks like as creepy as any little girl has ever looked at any size, but then is also like <laughs> 75 feet tall and just standing in the middle of a forest. Um, a lot of cool technology, a lot of cool, like a very diverse, cool cast. And, you know, maybe a little bit of a mystery as to what's really going on. And as it unfolds, it's very pleasing. That was my pick. It's going up against the number one pick of I May Destroy You. A show that is about a lot of stuff. Getting raped. And what that's like. Um, does devs stand a chance here? Okay, because they are definitely going up against each other. They are. I think that... It devs is definitely worth watching and definitely worth uh, thinking about. Definitely I, worth watching. Definitely worth watching. Definitely worth watching and very pleasing. You know, definitely worth finishing. But I, there's two elements. One, I think I may destroy you. From what I hear, is a better show on its own. But then also it had way. Help. It also had way more of a cultural impact. This like led the news every week and everything. And so like it would feel like a dereliction of duty, which I would be against. To not let something like as big as I May Destroy You move forward. Yeah, I May Destroy You is such a 2020 show where if you told me, I, I cannot wait to watch Devs someday when I'm 60. Uh, but if you told me it came out five years ago or next year, I'd be like, that makes sense. Uh, it just didn't own in the cultural consciousness. Uh, okay, so I have to. All right, so we're going to move to the vote. Uh, Greg, yes. I May Destroy You or Devs. Here we go. I may destroy you. Cassie? I'm sorry. I may destroy you. (laughs) That's rude. Okay. (laughs) Caitlin? I may destroy you. McKenna? I may destroy you. Michael? Devs! (laughs) (laughs) Drama! Has to be that guy. All right. The next one is the eighth versus the ninth seed. The eighth seed is The Last Dance, a documentary about Michael Jordan. The ninth seed is The Boys, a documentary about what it's like to actually be a superhero. Um, I'm going to, again, go to Greg. What is, what is it like to watch The Last Dance? Uh, the Last Dance is putatively about um, basketball. And so you would think that maybe only people who are into sports or basketball would be into it. But it does a really good job of focusing on the human drama of the two three-peats that Michael Jordan was associated with. And then the two years where something happened and he decided not to play basketball for a little bit. And there is so much uh, interpersonal drama there and such a cast of TV drama characters. Yeah. Like it, it really, it has as many storylines as any of these other dramas, even though it is a documentary and it featured 
many, many memes, including the, and I took that personally, which I think we're probably going to have forever. Michael Jordan. Oh, shit. That's from that? Yeah. Every time <laughs> Ma- Michael Jordan takes, like, the first couple things Michael Jordan takes personally is, like, someone look at him and saying, like, fuck you, you're nothing. But, like, the very last things in Michael Jordan's career that he took personally would be, like, somebody implied that there was a basketball player who could do one thing maybe on par with him. And he'd look into the camera and he'd be like, I took that personally. <laughs> Did he take personally that people said Bugs Bunny is the most memorable part of the <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if he hears that, he's going to freak out, Mike, and he's going to like try to challenge Bugs Bunny to something. The person I have to go to next is Cassie, who said that cool. the boys may have been one of the worst shows that she has ever watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's this I can't I'm bummed you went to me, Ryan, cuz this one I have a real love hate with this. It's mainly a lot of hate. Because I can't tell you how fucking hard this show is to watch for the longest time. Like, specifically, as a woman, this show sucks nuts. Like, this show... <laughs> That's the best sentence That is in the such world. a good quote. Oh, my God. Woman, this sucks nuts. <laughs> it fucking... It's not fun to watch. Like, you gotta suffer through so much. Like, it brings up so many terrible feelings for you. And, like, it puts you in, like, the worst situations you've lived. It puts those feelings in you. And it's, like, it's hard... To like just like you want to go to TV to turn it off, and this puts your worst fear in front of you and makes you live it. But then at the end, they try to tell a story of it, and I can't tell you if it's worth it to like, like the fact that they do try to make a point at the end. It is a point that we need, but like I don't know if women need to suffer through fucking that much nut sucking to like make that point. <laughs> but Kenna, uh, was there a question there? I'm sorry. <laughs> it was your name, but it was kind of said uh, in an upward fashion. Yeah. What, what do you think about? Do you Michael agree Jordan? with Cassie? <laughs> oh, I agree with Cassie. I tried to watch first season of The Boys, hated it. Tried again with the second season. It is a nut sucking. It that just sentence encapsulated it perfect. Um, the it's boys bro culture. Terrible. Yeah. Um, I have seen the last dance. Um, I've watched bits of and i don't i like that better i will say that it's good because it does like greg said it does capture a drama it creates drama out of a documentary out of interviews um and i didn't feel like i was watching just sports it was definitely stories people's lives the egotistical nature of of athletes (laughs) uh caitlin the boys versus Um, uh uh-huh the last oh, dance. Nut sucking versus drama. I'm going to go with the drama um, because like Cassie said, I couldn't make it all the way through the boys because it is, it's taxing it to watch it. It's like, like Cassie said, it's the hardest parts of your like day to day. And then you have to keep watching that over and over. Yeah. Existence. And then you have to keep watching that over and over again and living in it and watching these characters live those like troubles too. It's like, I don't go to TV just to watch people continuously suffer and not have, there be payoff after a couple episodes. So, um, yeah, nuts sucking, man. <laughs> What's nuts sucking? This season did pull it together. Like, this was the only season that I did kind of like. So, I guess if I put it from this season, it did finally make a point, I guess. So, it did, it had drama and did something. <laughs> right. Drama. I would, like, I love both of these shows. I want both of them to move on. But, Mike, I'm going to you. Let's move it I, on. It's vote I mean, this time. Is, this is one of those swally privilege things because when I watch the boys, I'm I'm not 
horrified or re-traumatized, and that's because I'm just a I'm also, a <laughs> Let's remember what's the most 2020. Right, the boys. I mean, Nazis are pretty 2020, <laughs> and uh, this episode, this season of the boys, deals uh, head on with that and how they can uh, infiltrate our culture through the power of memes and uh, charisma. I think that's pretty 2020. But how many people shook their heads? I thought I was going to get fired because the CEO was so upset. I didn't watch the last dance. And when I told him I don't care about basketball, <laughs> I thought I was done. Uh, but then everybody at that work happy hour told me, uh, even if you don't like it, you'll watch it. And apparently I need to figure out what this meme is from. I don't care. I, I, I'm sorry <laughs> that I am what I am. I think it's anti-bro culture. I'm going to vote the boys. All right. So we have one vote for the boys. McKenna? Oh, it's the last dance. Last dance. Caitlin? Do I want to suck nuts? It's the last dance. <laughs> the answer is no, I think. Sucking nuts. Uh, Cassie? Oh, God. Okay. It's to respect the bracket. Well, how, last dance had a lot of cultural impact. So It did. Bucket, last dance. Greg, you do not get to vote. Last dance moves on. Woo! <laughs> I gotta watch the, the next fight. battle is... Normal people, a uh, show called Normal People about white people <laughs> who find each other attractive versus P-Valley, a show about a strip club post uh, the Mississippi Delta getting flooded and a strip club will remain. A strip club will remain. <laughs> Let's go to um, me on this. I've watched both of them. <laughs> Uh, all right, you know what? Based on that, McKenna, what do you what what do you think should move on? I am gonna go with P Valley. Normal people is not only just about two white people falling or finding each other attractive; it's finding each other attractive like repeatedly over the course of their lives, which is just and they ain't <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> it's like we they couldn't like we figure it. it out. Like the first twelve times they interacted, they just kept redoing it. So, but like, do you think that? Valley should move on. Caitlin, Caitlin, where are you at? Yeah. Put your foot Woo! down. You, uh, give me some these normal people falling in love. Give me normal people. I'll watch it. <laughs> okay, Caitlin, I feel like you should know that that the P in P Valley don't it stands it's it stands for something vile, and so I think you would not want that one moving on. All right, okay. Mike. Caitlin's yeah. very anti-sex. Uh, Michael, I will tell you this. Uh, normal people, thirty minute episodes. Oh. P Valley, you speak in my language. Sixty minute episodes. Okay, right. but P Valley is about a strip club, and you're so you're getting a lot of action in the strip club. What I know is that we're stuck indoors and can't go to strip clubs anymore. So that is, it's it's a bowl cut dude meets a girl, and there it's called Normal People. That sounds so boring. I've watched the previews. It oh, looks man. so boring. This is how everybody gets show, to like pitch it. to Universal. Like, hey, Universal <laughs> Studios, what's it's, up? Everything I know about it, it's a Southern Gothic neo-noir. All yeah. of that. All of that sounds dope and up my alley. You know I'm going straight to P-Valley. I think that... Uh, okay, so I've watched a bunch of normal people, and it actually is really, 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 really good. But it doesn't have a strip club, and I, I'm so screwed here. I'm so screwed here. But also, P-Valley introduces a lot of complex characters who are clearly find themselves in in like precarious situations right at the onset of the show and P- i, I dash carious there yeah exactly exactly 
uh, and is about the the inner workings of a strip club, which most people don't have any like sort of understanding of and what that does to like the re- the landscape of the rest of your life because it follows them. What's interesting is like when they show the strip club, they don't really frame it as if what you're paying attention to is the girls on the stage. There are, there are elements of that, but a lot of times they frame it as showing a business and how it actually operates as a business. And I think that is kind of interesting, you know, to, to see how this business operates. Also, Greg, you watched one episode, right? I watched most of one episode, Ryan. I'm, I can I can now report that I've watched upwards of seventy five percent of one episode. When Uncle Charles walks out, like when no. we get to meet her, uh huh, it, and it's like all in, sh- she's like all in shadow. Yeah, is it that, worked? It did work. Okay, because I was I was sort of thinking that it did not work. It's the show. The show it's makes a, it's a choice. It's a choice. The show makes strong choices. Um, yes, and. Yeah, so I, but I thought that that was pushing the envelope. It, it was like that this character emerges, and you're supposed to know that she's a badass as soon as you see her because of the way she's like backlit. And I also think they're maybe doing something with like her gender obscuring like her gender identity or something. But it it created drama, and I thought it worked. Okay, so nobody has seen either of these, but we have to bounce one of them out. Caitlin, I'm starting with you. Oh, yeah, normal people. Okay, normal people is chosen or bounce? Chosen. Oh, I choose. I choose you, normal people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't have to talk to me like I'm a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, pika, pika. Cassie. Or like you're a Pokemon. <laughs> oh, man, this is confusing. What do you want from me? <laughs> Doesn't want me to talk either of the ways. <laughs> I don't know any other one. This is the way. Cassie, normal people yeah. or P Valley? I want strip club drama, P Valley. Greg, this is exciting because I feel like the right answer, the 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 more like uh, traditional answer would be normal people, but I'm way more interested in P Valley, Ryan. Yeah, you are, Michael. I, I thought I voted already when I said, <laughs> it's straight up my alley, take me down to P-Valley. So, <laughs> <laughs> Can't be more demonstrative than that. <laughs> but can I? Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, P-Valley, all the strip clubs. No normal, unattractive people finding each other attractive. In- insane upset where normal people, the fourth seed, is yeah, defeated dude. by the 13th seed. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Some people's brackets just got busted just on that one, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's too deep. What are they so even doing? Vegas. <laughs> Shut up, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about you, Vegas. All right. The next battle is number five seed versus number 12 seed. The number five seed is Mrs. America, about a lady who was like, I'm so feminist that I don't care about women at all. <laughs> she was against the Equal Cutting Rights edge. Amendment. Uh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> versus Mike, and if you can help me out with this, the number 12 seed is small axe. Okay, what if I told you this man had a very tiny axe? Uh, small <laughs> axe is breaking so many things over the years. They're like TV and movies. That's all breaking down, and small axe uh, chopped right through that because it is Steve McQueen released three movies. Is that correct? Three? Five. Five. Oh, my God. Five uh, two-hour episodes of TV in an anthology because what is anything anymore uh, on Amazon Prime? It's one of the best creative people in the world giving us what we can count as TV, small acts. 
Also, we should mention that uh, when we do Movie of the Year 2020, uh, two of these movies are in the running two for of these best movie. Of content, Ryan. <laughs> we'll call the movies right now. <laughs> two, two of these episodes of television are in the running for best movie of the year because content is content. And I don't know what to do right now. And I'm going to go to McKenna. What the fuck are we doing here? I, I don't know because Miss America is probably the TV show that I've watched this year that made me want to like throw things at the TV the most. Uh-huh. Um, nice. Because it's very frustrating to watch a woman who is against women's rights benefit from all the rights that she has been given and rise You're to power. A woman! <laughs> but that doesn't make it a bad show, right? No, it's, it's no. just so frustrating, but it still was just. It was brilliant, the casting, the writing, the acting. Um, and I think it was very relevant to Got this Kate time Blanchett. period about recognizing privilege. I think it was a very in-your-face of like, see how you're benefiting from these things you're voting against. Uh, and I think the world needs that. So this we is could, a tough one. We could move Miss America on and then just leave Small Acts for the movie show. You know, like we could just count them as movies. And then move on. Mrs. I have to say, Mrs. America is a re- is like a really good show, but I don't know if it's like a great show. I don't. I, I will say that uh, I will say that Normal People and P Valley are both better TV shows than Miss America. Like, yeah, uh, I yeah. I think that could be true, and I, I think like as a as a as a piece of like historical fiction as well, I think it does also sort of like heavily fictionalize the events that it portrays which that's if that's fair ground but yeah, right i was gonna say if that's an argument that'll come up again in a few <laughs> but it, it does have Kate blanchett and she's very good in it it has rose byrne she's very good in it and it comes from like a madman halt and catch fire alum right yeah showrunner, and so. that you can feel that and it's a very very interesting story i mean that the you know it this is a, a woman who's at, like out there fighting against the uh, equal rights for women and and the way in which she does that so effectively but is this our chance right now to boot small axe and say your movies idiot you get your away movies. from us <laughs> You're, you get away from tv drama your movies I just I feel like if we have a whole thing we do for movies, even if you release five movies at the same time, and then like so, could they're a collection? They're in a, you know, they're in conversation with each other, but they're still a series of movies, right? I guess what's the difference between Small Axe and Black Mirror? Why is Black Mirror a TV show? Because why isn't Small Axe just a long episodic anthology? Yeah, Ryan, how come? <laughs> I'll answer that, Greg, and thank you for asking. Uh, it could be here. It's just uh, not good enough. Small axe, no black. No mirror. black mirror. Oh, we've no, no, literally no, yeah, never I'm not saying about... why. My argument was not why is black mirror not on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking black mirror. Each episode is completely different. It's an anthology, but we call it a TV show. Why is small axe different? So you want small axe to be here, and I'm I mean, just trying to have a goddamn conversation. Don't, okay, don't I know. Have... I just I don't know how to do it. Because don't we have another thing right in the in the same bracket that kind of feels the same way? What about like um like City So Real, which is like a series of documentaries, right? That, like, this is a five hour documentary. Okay, like. but isn't it that to me that felt like five documentaries about Chicago? They're all about Chicago, but they're not one continuous documentary. They're five. All right, Greg, you're in charge. You host comedy, man. I'm gonna get to <laughs> I'm gonna get to City So Real when I get to it. All right. <laughs> I I have to call for a vote, and I don't know what. We're... <laughs> 
Somebody just give Greg a point. Yeah, if you can just <laughs> sweetly start hosting a segment, I think you get a point. <laughs> All right, here we go. Mike, yes. Miss America versus Small Axe. What do you want? I want that tiny little baby axe, brother. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Greg, Miss America or Small Axe? You know, it's Mrs. America, which is not a big deal, but that is a slight difference. It's Mrs. America. Uh, and I'm going to go with that because I've, I've seen the entire thing, and I really did enjoy it. So I, I'm going to go with Mrs. America. Cassie? Um, I love baby axes. So I'm going to go Small Axe. Oh, shit. Caitlin? Oh, my God. I love small axes, too. <laughs> I'm going with the baby axe. Uh, McKenna? I'm going with Mrs. America. Uh, I'm also going with Miss America, which means that it moves on. Yeah. Small Miss axe. America That's moves right, small on. Axe. Small axe, you're not TV. Get out of here. You're not basic. We're not saying that. You're too You're too complicated. We Fuck. can't let Steve McQueen take over two brackets of the year, right? That feels unfair. Craig, all I want is for Mike to stop acting like he came from Philly, and he just keeps <laughs> acting like he came from Philly. What, that's, what did I say? Did I throw a battery while I talked and didn't realize it? It's very reflexive for you at this point. I am what I am. All right. Your number seven seed, or I'm sorry, your number two seed is uh, the Queen's Gambit. The number 15 seed is I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I'll Be Gone in the Dark is a documentary. Does that mean that it's like sort of not that good? Cassie, I'm going to you. What do you think? Perfect question. You know what? I've never watched a documentary in my life, and I refuse to start now. So I'm gonna say <laughs> not that good. Did you watch the last game? No, I didn't watch any documentary in my life, and I refuse, Mike. Okay, <laughs> Mike. She sort of seems like she's gonna beat you up. <laughs> no, I'm afraid. This the energies tonight is weird. Ryan, I'm I watched I'll Be Gone in the Dark. <laughs> How did Based I go on the. Me- <laughs> Was that weird, Greg? Did it freak you out? Um, you know, I read the Michelle McNamara book, and the, right. in, her, in her book, she writes about how she wants to like center the story of the victims, and I think she did a really good job of that um, more than anyone who came before her, but I think the documentary does an even better job by having them be faces. Um, you know, not all of his victims were killed, obviously. And so a lot of the victims are in it. And it's very hard to hear them. And it's very hard to hear their stories. But it centers them in a way that even she wasn't quite able to do um, before she passed. And I do think that um, it it makes it very, very difficult. But this is a, a, a crazy story. And it what the story is really about, more than anything else, is about what happens when people in charge of, like, catching people like this and warning the public about people like this what happens when they don't really think that victims are worth enough and how that causes them like to not really take people seriously i hear you bro but like documentaries are boring cassie why is the queen's (laughs) gambit that good 
Oh, dude, it's a chick addicted to pills and, like, constantly getting drunk. What more do you need to be more entertaining? Finally, Cassie's seen on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this is my moment. Everybody loved this show, and they loved her for being a drunk. And I think it's (laughs) because she had a talent. But listen, we all don't have to have talents, and sometimes we can still be praised for that. So Her talent is pills and booze. (laughs) (laughs) You're just really good at both of those things, and I think we should explore that as well. But The Queen's Gambit, I don't know, it got me interested in chess, so... like I was, I didn't even know there was that many moves. I learned a whole lot from it. So you know what? Informative, like a documentary. How about that? I think the thing that's weird about chess is you never describe what the pieces are doing. Like you'll just take your opponent's piece, but you'll never say like how your piece won in combat. And I just think that's a real <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah, I think you should probably like describe it in detail. And the more flavor you get, maybe you get yeah. You know, Take out two of the pieces, perhaps? <laughs> My horse runs over and bites your castle hard. <laughs> Damn. It does a triple backflip on its way. Is that cool? And you look at the referee and they're like, yeah. That sounds pretty cool, yeah. Three flips. All right. I... All right. I was going to say, I think The Queen's Gambit was a really, really good show. I loved watching it. It was really good, but not great. And if we're here to build something great, topicality and how impactful it is that sounds uh, i know was, I, was I, part of the show just the fact that she is so beautiful and kind of haunting looking because her eyes are maybe too big for a human did you see how big her eyes were her <laughs> eyes were huge the, the, she, she she's a very talented actress and she's gorgeous but the more the older she gets i get why her family and the vich thought she might be the vich <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude she could definitely be the vich mike yes sir these two. I think it's horseshit that you said. You were trying to lead this whole team away from I'll Be Gone in the Dark because you kept saying, aren't documentaries boring? When you've already put a goddamn documentary on this yeah. goddamn bracket. If I have to watch a thing about basketball, you have to watch a thing about things I'm into, which is murdering. I'm voting for I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Well, okay. What you're talking about is The Last Dance, which is about the greatest basketball player of the greatest guy who takes everything personally? Ooh, the greatest snowflake we've ever had? The greatest. But have you seen him, like, shoot baskets? Oh. Yeah, I saw Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking to a Bugs film Bunny buff. was better. <laughs> He's like, uh, Monstars? No. Greg? <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to go with... I mean, here's why it's the Queen's Gambit for me, that, because it's it, it's tied in terms of content, perhaps, but I think I, I'm going to say Queen's Gambit, because that, that had a big footprint. Everybody talked about it. Um, I've never really looked at the ceiling the same way since that show. <laughs> Cassie? Yeah, for the big 2020 impact, I'm going Queen's Gambit and pills uh, and alcohol. All right. <laughs> She's got a plan. Queen's Gambit <laughs> takes it down. The next one is the number seven seed, The Crown, versus the number 10 seed. Oof. And I want to talk to you guys about this. Yeah. It's the good Lord Bird. Everybody, I've seen The Crown, but I read the synopsis of the good Lord, Lord Bird, and I really want to watch that. Let's Same. do that one. The good Lord Bird is 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got David Diggs, dude. It's David Diggs and our boy Ethan Hawke. It's about, it's about John Brown and the slave insurrection. Let's we watch it. Go with the crowd is. show. We know with the crowd is. The crowd's like, oh. British people. Oh, I'm so British, and now it's ten years later. The Good Lord Bird has Ethan Hawke. The Good Lord Bird is like and Ethan Hawke. I've heard 
his eyes roll to up. the back of his head. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, what's up? Civil War? I don't care. Revolutionary War? I don't care. And then he just shoots motherfuckers all day long. <laughs> I think he might be arguing for the crown. I do think that this is a really good season of the crown. I know what I just said, that, you know, I want to watch the good Lord Bird so bad, but... Well, because why... We get Princess Diana, right? Well, yeah, because in a way, you feel like that that the show is always meant to connect the the um, like beginning of Elizabeth's reign to this really tragic incident, which is the passing of Diana and the whole relationship, which is basically tragic, like from the from the beginning before she even passes. Um, and you've got um, Olivia Coleman, you've got. Oh, um, Helena Bonham Carter, like I don't know that this is the this is not the first year for either of them. I don't think, but they're doing really good work this year, and they're high quality actors. I have two questions because earlier we, in Mrs. America, a dig that was laid against it was that it's not very factually accurate. the The Crown is infamously, yeah. The, the, I think how much the royal family is upset the Crown is not factually accurate, accurate means it probably is very accurate. <laughs> yeah, bugs them. Uh, does that matter? And two, do they deal with the Princess Die Beanie Baby? <laughs> so important. The Beanie Baby has yet to appear, but um, I have to say that you can just tell by the dialogue. Everything is always too neat. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but I guess it bo- it bothered me a lot less with the crown because I don't know the re- much about the real story behind the crown. So anything they tell me, I just take as fact. I'm like, oh, man, these people are animals. All right, here we go. Here's what I-, yeah, I think that's their issue with it. If we do the good uh, Lord Bird, then it has a chance to win. Yeah. If we, do- if we do the crown, it has no chance of winning. For if, like It might not be fair, but when you have multiple seasons of a show, it's just hard to get as enthusiastic about it. Uh, all right, so Greg, what is yes. your what is your vote? I really want to see this show, so I'm going to say the Good Lord Bird, although I've never seen an episode of it. Cassie, same Good Lord Bird. Caitlin, the Good Lord Bird, and it wins. Yeah, sight unseen. Take that, there's, the Crown, of which I've seen other, every single episode. <laughs> other than the MCU shows, there's not a show I'm more excited to watch. Yeah, dude, dude, it's fucking nuts. I can't wait to talk to you about it. It's not, Mike, it's not based on a comic book, so we don't, like, really uh, have a chance. Mind. The yeah. crown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your next and almost final is number three seed, Better Call Saul, versus number 13 seed, 14 seed, City So Real. Mike. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> I'm confused. Better Call Saul is uh, like one of the best television shows to grace our screens. Uh, It's in its fifth or sixth season, which I've heard tonight is a mark against it. Uh, City Surreal is a documentary miniseries uh, all about Chicago in 2019. So pretty topical. Pretty there. Uh, It deals with COVID? In part, yeah. George Floyd? Uh, So if you want to escape... I don't know if City Star Real is there. And then there's the argument, is it a five-hour documentary or is it a TV show? The guy who made... Uh, what's the best basketball documentary of all time? Save the Last Hoop Dance. Dreams. <laughs> Actually, believe Space it or not, Greg, it's Hoop Dreams. <laughs> uh, the guy who made Hoop Dreams, Steve James, made this the documentary called uh, City Star Real, where 24 
Chicago people uh, said, I'm going to try to be mayor of this city. Dope. I like mayors. Unfortunately, I know I know who wins just from watching press conferences. No, that's <laughs> why I don't pay attention to that. Yeah, no, don't <laughs> no do you'll that. know. If you if you watch it, you will know when you see the mayor, because the mayor has done is a lot good? of things that are very noteworthy. You'll know as Goddamn soon as you see Rahm the Goddamn Rahm Emanuel. Well, that's the old it, one. It's not good. Rahm Emanuel. I, I promise you, if you watch it, when you see the person that becomes mayor, you will know right away. I promise. <laughs> Called <If> it. Caddy. <laughs> well... But Better Call Saul's too too good, even for the multiple season thing, even for the like this is it's, the same guy that made Hoop Dreams, probably like the best documentary of all time. And I would love if we could finally get Better Call Saul the best show of all time. That'd be awesome. But at no point does he say my little women in this season of Better Call Saul. <laughs> and I think that's a dig against it. I know. <laughs> Every time Mike watches a movie. He's sad that uh, Bob Odegar doesn't come in and say the title of the movie in the movie. Every, literally, no movie would be worse if that happened. It would only be <laughs> For people who are not familiar with Little Women's story, though, if you stop the movie right there and said, name an actor and what the actor will say when the actor comes in, there's no way anybody would ever guess it, that Bob Odenkirk is going to come in and say the name of the movie for some reason. As like Bob Odenkirk. show sketch. Yeah. He walks in and goes, hi, I'm TV's Bob Odenkirk. These are the little women. Join me, won't you? <laughs> but it's right. got to be Better Call Saul. People, if you are on this show and you haven't seen either of these and you're hardly paying attention, please vote for Better Call Saul. I really, I really... <laughs> I truly agree more than anything. McKenna, you're first. Better Call Saul okay. or Cities of Real? The other one. I haven't seen this season of Better Call Saul. I tried to get through the first season. I absolutely hated it. I think it's another what? one of those bro shows. I just hate... Oh, yeah. ugh, I hated it. Um, okay. I'll I, buy your argument but, for the boys, but just because you don't like it doesn't mean you can just call it bro. <laughs> I think no, it's, it's a bro show. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I think there's something in guys that likes shows that takes garbage people and says, but here's the redeeming qualities of them. And girls don't like that because we deal with Redemption. that every day in life. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you got to you got a sore deal, ladies. You really did. Uh, <laughs> so we got to give you that one. <laughs> we got that short end of the stick there. <laughs> But with that said, um, I watched the first episode of City So Real, and it does feel like a movie. I love documentaries, but I thought, like, I got movie, but it just doesn't feel like a drama TV show. It feels like it could be a movie, um, a documentary film. So I do think it has to be Better Call Saul for the seed. All right. Caitlin? That was scary um, for a second there. <laughs> How to keep you I on your toes. I'm going to go with the most topical thing of, you know, 2020. It basically is 2020. It's a city so real um, because it has a lot of very topical things that George Floyd. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Cassie. Yeah. Cassie. It's more Cassie. 2020 yeah. than Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> um, I feel bad because I took away your guys as the boys and I don't want to have three grown men cry more on this. So I'm going to say better call Saul. <laughs> Greg. Oh, better call Saul for sure. Mike, I just now I feel like I'm just a dumb man if I want to watch Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> You're Saul. a dumb it's man, <laughs> and you want to watch Better Sorry Call about Saul. That. That's the relationship between those two things. I <laughs> see, Mike. I have one more to do. Okay, that's I'm fine. Okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> to you, buddy. 
I thought you were gonna yell Here, at me. Take that. <laughs> just because he looks like Skrillex doesn't mean he's gonna make you drop it, Ryan. I'm just gonna scream. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, <laughs> listeners. I shaved half my head because it's quarantine and everybody's kind of losing their mind. The <laughs> final one is the Mandalorian versus Lovecraft Country. Caitlin, why would Lovecraft Country win? Oh man, uh, Lovecraft Country keeps you on the edge of your seat, and I feel like it keeps uh, your heart pounding, like you're running like a marathon the whole time you're watching it. Um, it's interesting. I haven't finished it yet, but it, you never know what's going to happen. It's it's exciting. Po- point of um, order: Has anybody here finished Lovecraft Country? Did any of us watch? I, I it did all finish the way through? it. Yeah, I watched it all the way through. Because didn't we all wild out about that show and then all at the same time just agree never to talk about it and <laughs> never to talk about the fact that we weren't talking Whatever. about it? Yeah. <laughs> it, Whereas, I think that it, with it the built Mandalorian up... would be the diff- like the exact yeah. opposite. Which is like, yes. <laughs> right? Honestly, uh, like I'm not the kind of person who cares whether or not you like the same pop culture that I like. But like, if you say bad things about The Mandalorian, you are not my friend. I don't like you. Preach. I must jump through my screen when my coworkers said they didn't get it. Yeah. What? It's like, well, then watch it again, dum-dum. Like, yeah. It's... Uh, like good things, idiot. Well, let me, <laughs> <coughs> let me ask McKenna this, then. Did... Oh, shit, they listen. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> All right. Just McKenna. Did, Love... <laughs> Did Lovecraft Country get fucked? Because it went against the Mandalorian. Oh, absolutely! I think Lovecraft Country is more relevant for 2020. Um, we're dealing with a more lot of relevant. We're dealing with a lot of racism. You deal with a lot of uh, it, it ties in, even though it's definitely like out there. <laughs> but uh, the Mandalorian was brilliant, and I loved it. And it was one of the few things that brought me joy this year. So I think it did get. I think Lovecraft Country is had it gone against Better Call Saul, would have won. In my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love for us to move through this vote as quickly <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't it. think there's much left to be said. It's like one of our favorite shows collectively as a group and a show that we're kind of. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it has Baby Yoda, by. who has a full name at this point, but still will be known as Baby Yoda. And then Rogu we get the. Johnson. Grogu Johnson, <laughs> and then the fatherly love of Pedro Pascal with this little baby. What more could you ask for? Caitlin! Yes. God damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely the Mandalorian for me. Cassie? Uh, I'll switch it up. Lovecraft County. Oh, shit. Greg? The Mandalorian, Ryan. Mike? Mando. Mando. McKenna? It's Mando. That's it. Mike, we have deleted eight of our TV shows. Tune in and. Four weeks, three weeks, a few weeks when we talk about those eight shows. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Well, we are going to discuss the best comedies, but before we do, let's have a little State of the Union. How? What is the state of the comedy TV union, everybody? Do, is it strong? Is it weak? I, th- I think it's strong, and I think not fully, but we might... St- Start be pulling out of comedies hurt you worse than drama. Yeah. <laughs> comedies might be allowed to laugh again. It kind of has been uh, emblematic the last few years that the comedies have been like even more gut punching than the dramas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they wait until your guard is down. They smack you in the face. Uh, McKenna, do you agree that 
that is not the case so much for this year for 2020. I agree absolutely, but I don't know if that's because the comedies were better or 2020 was so hard that like nothing hit you as hard on the TV because real <laughs> life was hitting you much harder. I do have to say some of the harder comedies um, just didn't quite make the bracket, and maybe it's because they had you know multiple seasons or or something. But you know, Rami didn't make it this time around. Insecure didn't make it around this this time, and I'm partially responsible for that because the the show that I chose the for to put into the bracket was the Midnight Gospel, and what the Midnight Gospel is is like a, a cartoon representation of what is basically like a podcast so the the host has a very interesting conversation um with a lot of fascinating guests and then dr drew as well and um <laughs> yes <laughs> then it is animated by pendleton ward the um <laughs> the adventure time guy the first full disclosure i almost didn't make it past the first episode because the first mm-hmm. guest is dr drew and the sound of his voice like is board certified to make you go fucking just impotent and insane at the same time does um, anybody love their own voice more than yeah. dr drew loves and also it voice. came out it came out before dr drew said all the wrong things about covid every single chance that he got and made like it a weird like part of his personality but uh it's a very interesting comedy i wanted to to get it out in front of everybody so we could talk about it we could take a look at it uh but it looks like nobody except for ryan watched it <laughs> or did you mike i i did i watched what do you Duncan think of it Drew what are your impressions episode. uh i wouldn't call it a comedy i find <laughs> duncan trussell the creator and uh one of the most interesting voices in the yes. entertainment business uh both uh the gravelly nature and that he likes to dig deep and philosophize but it felt like somebody really pitched it as like what if we put weird shit on top of a podcast and it i think it like hurt both mediums then they don't Can't really get lost in the fun goofy shit and the podcast just, is interrupted the adult swimminess you know like i don't know what to do with the adult swimminess of it all yeah, it, and I found personally that I would get so lost in the really interesting conversations that I almost wasn't paying attention to how bonkers the stuff on the screen was, and it was so crazy that it was like you couldn't really, you couldn't really, I don't know, even get into it. And this is going against the number one seed from commercial fame, Ted Lasso. And I got to be honest, guys, <laughs> I have, I am new to the Ted Lasso game. I have, I have stayed away for a long time. And I thought that it was just a bunch of bullshit. But my goodness, I have entered into the Ted Lasso world and I cannot get enough of it. Uh, uh, is, is, is this what you want from me? Is this what you want from me as a person? Is Ted Lasso? And if it is, then I'll do it. Because Ted Lasso is who I should be, who you should be, who everyone should be. Is, is that the takeaway lesson from Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso is just to, to nutshell it. Um, American football coach somehow gets a job uh, coaching footy, Through English football, what the rest of the world calls football. Uh, but his the nature of the character is he's so positive. He's not one of these coaches that is always screaming in everyone's face. Quite the opposite. He's always building everybody up. Did the, is the, the loving nature of Ted Lasso, are we meant to aspire to it? Or are we meant to just bask in his glow and just love him for ha- for who he is, Cassie? I took it as like, it could be like, when I'm watching it, obviously you want to be more like him. It's just like, fuck, this is like what a human being could be and we should all strive to be. 
But mm-hmm. like while watching it, it kind of celebrates almost every character. I think there's only two that you're supposed to hate. But like Keely, there's no character who isn't just like without a doubt themselves. And like what about the what about the that. fancy boy striker, the the tart Jamie <laughs> tart, tart Jamie Tart? Like even he had like you know they give him the backstory to understand like why he is, and like you know there was a redemption for him that just never happened. So like. The only ones you absolutely like hate are like uh, the boss lady's ex. Fucking sucks. Yeah, okay, that guy can die. Mm-hmm. Awful. That guy can yeah, die. I know. <laughs> fucking die. I, I, I'm gonna jump kick him right in his fucking teeth. Yeah. yeah. When he shows up, man, you just like your skin starts crawling as soon as this guy shows up on the screen. He's basically Rupert Murdoch and Richard uh, Branson melded into one oilier person. But when Jamie Tart's girlfriend shows up, and when oh, well, the yeah. owner of the soccer team shows up, do you know Temple? Juno Temple. Yeah, and we're both like, all right, these are stupid idiots. And then they get together, and oh my god, them coming together is such a... uh, This show. This this fucking show. It, like, celebrates just, like, everybody. So it's that's what's, like, so uplifting about it. Like, Ted Lasso, but then just the celebration of people in general. Everyone could be good, I feel like, is what it's got. And, uh... I was on, I was with Ryan. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. This looks stupid and cheesy and unrealistic or whatever. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, I'm on board. Ted, I love Ted Lasso and I love what he's doing to everyone around him. And I want to be my Ted Lasso and just be fun and happy and bake good cookies. <laughs> to be my Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, that time has come where we have to bid one of these two adieu. And I can't imagine which it's going to be. Ryan, which do you think should move forward? Ted Lasso or the Midnight? Oh, you stupid, gorgeous idiot. There's no way that Ted Lasso won't take this entire thing down. (laughs) Strong words from a strong man. McKenna? Oh, it's Ted Lasso, without a doubt. Mike? Look, Ted Lasso's on Apple TV. I've heard nothing good but good about it, but it's on Apple TV. Netflix is just, everybody has it. Get get, get the week, dude. Get the week. That's what I did. You got to plan it out. What are you going to watch? I think you can do it all in a week. You just got to get it and you got to be committed. But oh, then I get stuck in Dickinson. Day. What do I do? Just, it's, you watch that movie about boats with Tom Hanks. You make your mm-hmm. own schedule. That's how that's part of it. Cassie? Uh, it's going to be Ted Lasso. I'm sorry. Caitlin? Yeah, Ted Lasso. It's, of course, Ted Lasso. Moving on. Midnight Gospel. Thanks for showing up. Our next matchup is the number eight seed, The Great, a comedy about Catherine the Great um, and how cruel everybody around her was. Versus number nine, Never Have I Ever, uh, a show about growing up uh, as an American of Indian descent and uh, trying to navigate your way through, I guess, high school. Is this is this actress or is this character yeah. in high school? Yeah. Um, I have to say, here we are, eight and nine <laughs> seeds. There's a, a lot of personality, a lot to like here. Very difficult for me personally that one of the two of these has to go out. McKenna, I'm going to throw it to you. I feel like The Great has heart, but then also a lot of absolute brutality. And Never Have I Ever has the heart and then absolute like awkward brutality, which is worse for you. <laughs> uh, I think Never Have I Ever is a bit worse because I can totally watch someone's head chopped off, but I cannot watch someone stand in front of a like person and just, just embarrass themselves and shame themselves. Um, so yeah, I think Never Have I Ever was harder to get through. But it is a gem. Never have I ever is like, what if we threw a high schooler in the most awkward situations and actually had it played by a high school aged looking person? Whereas other shows. It's um, never been done before. 
Other the, shows, the very don't quite first do that. scene is. The very first scene is her praying, and part of what she's praying is like, I want to go to a party where there's drugs, and I want to get railed. Uh, <laughs> it's, simultaneously, so she has faith and uses it, what most would say, wrongly, because she's also a very normal teenager. What I like about her is she's very much herself. Like yeah. She just like knows what she's interested in and, and what she's going for and how she's going to get it. Um did, have a lot of us seen The Great? I feel like this was a very under the radar show. It, I, I I I have seen The Great, and I've seen uh, Never. Have I? Have ever. I ever? Yes, and I like The Great because that I seem like they're both shows about like, oh man, I'm a girl. What am I gonna do? <laughs> oh yeah, punch! <laughs> I'm gonna punch! I'm gonna punch my way through this season and. So the great is by some of the people who made the favorite, right? Yes, so and it it's, shows it's, it's brilliant. That weird twisted take on period pieces, which is it I seems mean, like it was literally shot in the same place that the favorite is shot. I like heard that they it uses the night. Like, <laughs> they did it at night, so like let's everybody leave your wigs on. Leave your wigs on. We're going again. No one's going home. Until Everybody's Russian this, this time. <laughs> everybody's gonna be Russian and they do a thing on the great that I really like which is um, we have decided as a culture that if you are Roman you're English and also that if you are Russian you're English so they're just Mm -hmm. they're just all they're just all look if it's olden times speak British okay (laughs) well I think it is time to vote so Ryan I'm going to start with you even though you seem to have taken off your headphones and wandered outside. Uh, what do you think it should be, Ryan? The great or never have I ever? I uh, have been muted. Okay, so I will go with, I think I have to go with the great. Ryan's going to go with the great. Mike, the great or never have I ever? I think for, for soaring to how weird it, I think never have I ever is very endearing and sweet and Mindy Kaling makes only good things. But I think the weirdness that the great can soar to, the great can go forward. Books, do you agree? I do agree. I think Never Have I Ever is a gem. People should definitely watch it. But The Great is doing great things. Uh, I think I see what you did there. I'm going to unpack that later. Cassie? Uh, yeah, I'm into the genre bending like aspect of it. It's just good to switch it up. I'm going to go with The Great. Caitlin, do you agree? I'm going to jump in everyone's backpack and go with The Great as well. <laughs> Very good. So The Great is... Moving on. Yeah, it's just got a little bit of an edge, I think, that Never Have I Ever. If you have not seen Never Have I Ever, watch the first episode. Only watch the first 10 minutes. See if you can do that, because I think you're going to get swept away. Up next is number four seed, How To with John Wilson, something that is not a documentary, but is kind of like a documentary. And number 13, I Hate Susie, uh, which is an HBO Max show about what happens when you're private pictures a a celebrity's private pictures are released onto the internet and uh it turns out that there is a big complicated story behind what exactly is going on um let's see cassie tell us a little bit more about how to with john wilson is this more than just cringe comedy it is actually so i thought it was going to be just like look at new yorkers they're weird but it actually, mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's kind of a documentary in that it's like telling a story. And it has like, it has the weirdest premises. It's a very dry humor for a lot of this. 
And it is like, it's just kind of overlaying, like one episode is all about like covering your furniture, but then turns into a whole nother aspect. And it's just like, it does things you wouldn't expect, but it is each, a dry humor. Each episode is ostensibly like a how-to about a certain topic, but mm-hmm. around, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. around the midpoint of every episode, it takes quite a big <laughs> turn and then sort of comes together again and, and everything sort of hangs together as a piece. Um, Ryan, I yes. hate... Susie, uh with how to with john wilson having so much heart does i hate Susie have enough to counteract that oh man they both have this thing where like they really do push you to the brink of uh awkwardness but i hate Susie is ultimately i think gonna lose because i uh, uh how to with john wilson think that it does do its city better but i felt like i felt like i hate Susie had the quality of uncut gems of uh, that like everything ramping up of like a big panic attack constantly going on um things getting worse and worse and worse and on the other hand how to with john wilson feels like an awkward hug um, like a hug from maybe somebody you don't want to hug, but then you realize you're getting like a little bit of human connectedness there. And maybe they don't want to hug you, but they're also stuck in this moment right now. <laughs> yes. So they're just yeah. shaking you by the shoulders. He does an interesting thing where he always finds like one person that is kind of on his own. Usually uh-huh. it's a dude because it's usually just some kind of like lonesome dude and finds this one guy and then he sort of bros out with that person a little bit and you get to see him as uh, not just a pathetic weirdo mm-hmm. but as someone who brings pathetic weirdos together although it is looking like it is time to vote so mike what do you think is going to move on i uh, heard nothing but good things about i hate Susie. gonna watch it everybody should watch it definitely but how do john wilson i think is one of those like new voices in comedy that's breaking through uh if you liked Nathan Fielder at all. I think you should check out how to with John Wilson. And that has to be my vote. And Nathan Fielder is an executive producer on this, right? So it sort of comes Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it, it, it comes from him. It has that same vibe, you know, uh, what do you say books? I, I, I think hate, I hate Susie is definitely something people should check out. I went into watching how to with John Wilson with like no understanding what the show was going to be about. I didn't watch a synopsis or read anything about it. And it's an absolute gem and it definitely brought joy to me. And that's what comedy should do in some ways. So it's going to be how to with John Wilson. All right. Very good. Cassie. Yeah. How to with John Wilson. All right. Caitlin. How to with John Wilson. (laughs) All right. And how to with John Wilson is moving on. We are going to take a short break here. But when we come back, more comedy matchups. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you can pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter 
While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp, he's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, You can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. All right, we are back with our next matchup. And it is number five, BoJack Horseman. A little gray in the main here. This is technically season 6.5, the 2020 season, versus number 12, fresh newcomer, animated series, but not for kids, Harley Quinn. And if you don't know that Harley Quinn, the animated series, is not for kids, well, then the first time you hear her say, motherfucker, you will know. (laughs) Hang on. This ain't your daddy's. This ain't your daddy's. Harley Quinn. Uh, so let's see. A bunch of us have seen Harley Quinn. I feel like very good. Cassie, what is your favorite thing about the animated series Harley Quinn? It's she's a disaster, but they <laughs> celebrate it, and I always am a fan of that. And there's just like all of them are unapologetically like bad, unapologetically just like trying to. They're just trying to get through life by uh-huh. being the worst that they can be, and. Uh, it's great. It's got way more humor than I ever expected. It's got real comedy heavyweights, right? Like uh, the guy that's a, a shark is Ron in it, Funches. but that's Ron Funches. <laughs> Ron Funches. Yeah. Uh, Lake, uh, Lake. Who is Bell it? Lake Bell. Poison Ivy. Yeah, the the the, the voice acting in here is is fucking great. Diedrich Bader, which is a hard name yeah. to say. He's Batman. Uh, they're they're all just. It, it's not just that it's a funny show. Uh, dealing with comic book stuff you're used to. One deep cuts. It plays to nerds. But yeah. also, if you're brand new, you'll be fine. Uh, but at no point it's just like, because comics are dumb, right? His name's Star-Lord. The uh-huh. jokes are jokes. The jokes are actually funny. Uh, Ka- Caitlin, are you surprised that for all the comedic talent on this show, it's not like a more widely known thing? Oh, for sure. I mean, it is on HBO. And I feel like once all the DC content hit HBO, it, it should have been one of the first things that people would pick up on because... I underestimated it definitely going in. I didn't think I was going to like it. And I was like, oh, Harley Quinn says fuck. That's not going to be funny. (laughs) And then it was really funny and I really liked it. And I love the characters and the dynamics between the characters. It it just, it's uh, sometimes uh, when they do adult comedies, or not adult comedies, when they do... um, Animation. uh, Animation with uh, comedy, it doesn't really land, I feel. But this one, man, it got me. It sure did get me. Yeah, it is a very good one, Mike. I, I think part of it is that they are all broken in really weird yeah. ways. Even though it's fantastical and they're cartoons in every sense of the word, they all have cripplingly human moments. Uh, and it doesn't shy away from like them killing people. Like no, the guy that no. the guy that's a shark <laughs> is eating people like every single episode. But he's cuddly. Yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> There's a lot he of like killing people and then being like, ooh. Sorry about that. <laughs> Probably should have done that. But it's going up what it, against what is now like a, a grand pappy, especially when it comes to animated comedy. I mean, I almost feel like BoJack Horseman, it, year in, year out, has been always competing with itself because it is a top-notch animated comedy that is doing like bold and new things. But we talk about it every single year. Do you think that that really hurts it, Books? I think so i have to admit bojack horseman is not like one of the shows i've been drawn to regularly i think it's just 
me as a person. But mm-hmm. I do think, like, if you don't take my own perspective, but you listen to the experts, the critics, you know, the fan base, it's something that seems to hold its own no matter how much time has passed. And that's impressive mm-hmm. in itself. I don't think something should be judged more just because it's in a later season, as long as it's like holding just as well each season. I think that's even more impressive if it can do what it's trying to do in 6.5 seasons as if it were one, season one, that's that's incredible. We should be praising that. And I feel like every season holds the promise of BoJack finally getting better, <laughs> becoming a better version of himself. Cassie, what do you think the chances are that in season 6.5, we leave BoJack a better horse than we found him? <laughs> I think it is very slim. I don't know what the over under is on it, but like <laughs> the I it's not going to happen, I would say. Yeah, he's done some pretty gnarly stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you can ever get those hooves totally clean. All right. Well, let's throw it to a vote. Books, we'll start with you. What's it going to be? Bojack I or Harley Quinn? Have to go with completely biased view because I'm answering for myself. I think Harley Quinn is so underrated. I don't think enough people have watched it and I think more people should and that gets my vote. All right. That's one for Harley Quinn. Caitlin, what do you think? Harley Quinn or Bojack Horseman? I think both of them do a great job at uh, what they do, but man, it's fucking Harley Quinn. I love those dynamics and everything in there. (laughs) Okay. Bit of an upset brewing, Cassie. What do you think? Is it the perennial <laughs> animated comedy or the the, the fresh-faced animated comedy? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's time to put Grandpa to bed in this round. It's going to be Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh, man. Give him some hay. Feed him some oats. Take him to his stall. Brush him down. But it is time for BoJack Horseman to go to bed. Sorry about that guy. Har- you know, I'm excited about this. It's it's obviously it's a big upset 12 over 5, but Harley Quinn's such a fun show and I think it'll be fun mm-hmm. to talk about what's going on with that property in general. I think is really excited. If Ryan were here, he'd point out the Birds of Prey is amazing. It's a very like uh, <laughs> female positive movie. Everything that uh Endgame did wrong trying to like center women, Birds of Prey does so right centering women and, and so <laughs> I just I wouldn't want Ryan to miss the opportunity to to hear that we're having technical difficulties with him all right so moving on is harley quinn up next number two seed and greg has finally seen this one what we do in the shadows yes the, greg uh <laughs> the tv show that is based on a movie but now it feels rude to say that because the show <laughs> kind of is like way bigger than the movie versus number 15 and i'm so glad that people have seen this betty uh Betty is a movie about (laughs) New York uh, skater girls. And from the first frame, you want to be one of these New York skater girls so bad. Um, They are cool. They're awesome. New York, like, seems like a a cool but scary and awful place. (laughs) Uh, But they just, like, they just flow through it so awesomely. But it's going up against what we do... In the shadows, Cassie, do you think it has any chance at the 15th seed to take down number two, What We Do in the Shadows, a show that is performing maybe at its best? I I hope it does. Betty is, I feel like, another underrated one that nobody, I think because it is on HBO, it's holding it back from a lot of talk. But the story, like, these, I just want people to fucking know about it. It's rad as hell. The fact that these people all, so they started, um, 
they knew each other way back in the day and they were just skaters and became actors but they started in the community community trying to just bring girls together like they used to run skate kitchen and it was okay so the thing they do on the show is like like because that's the first episode is about them trying to form this like skater group Mm -hmm. for girls so that's a thing they really did this group they yeah they really did that and they're they're just like they are those fucking rad people and it's just it's a true story to like it's not trying to do anything insane like it's just showing you like skating it's like it's a i've never seen anything like it so i hope it has it's such a hard bracket for it to go up against, but like, I don't know if it has a shot, but do give it a chance. If it doesn't make it, give it a chance. It's got that real like mumblecore, real kind of like high maintenance, real like, you know, um, just mm-hmm. as if they turned on the, the camera where a, a bunch of people are, are just are hanging in. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite uh, character, Caitlin? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Um they're all super cool, and I just want to be their friends and roll with them. Kind of just how you said. Yeah, you just um, want to be part of the group so bad. I just, yeah, I just, if I was accepted by like one of them, I'd be super chill about that. <laughs> if they were like, I want to teach you how to skate, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. I um, personally, myself, big Kurt fan. Like, uh, yeah. Kurt almost has, <laughs> Kurt's the, the blonde girl who like kind of almost yeah. comes off as the leader. She sort of has like the, the, her whole skate idea, ideology is like, just go have fun, do your thing, like connect like to the, the fun of skating. She's um, a very chill one, but there's also, what's the other girl's honey name? Bear um, and... No, there's dude, Honey Bear. Dude, Honey Bear is so dope. Honey, honey Bear is super red. cool. <laughs> honey Bear I is my honey favorite. Bear. I love Honey Bear. Yeah, I yeah, think they're all, I, they're all very good. It's basically <laughs> now. I, are we doing the patented pop filter thing where we're talking about Betty as much as possible because <laughs> we know what we do in the shadows is going to take it down? I'm starting to get a little worried that one of the best comedies I've ever seen, not just this year, is going to get outvoted. Yeah. We it, it it needs to be said that what we do in the shadows is like seems to be like the perfect version of itself right yeah. now. Like uh, has found a niche that the movie barely started to explore and then has explored that and a million other things in, in a ton of di- di- different directions. <laughs> this one starts off with like season two is Guillermo is like trying to hold down the house. He's killing vampires basically nonstop because now that they've been like cast out of the <laughs> vampire guild, he has to protect them. But but they don't know about it because they'll get having, having yeah. Guillermo is going through Walter White's story of hiding his secret uh-huh. life from his family, but his secret life is being Buffy the Vampire Slayer and none of the vampires <laughs> respect him. And then and then we get an episode like Jackie Daytona where we only get Matt Barry out there alone <laughs> pretending to be a human and it's a perfect disguise because he puts on a hat and a toothpick and then nobody can recognize him. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking funniest... Uh, there, there's no better ensemble <laughs> comedy on right now. Uh, what we do in the Iowa? Oh, I'm so worried that you guys talked about Betty so glowingly for so long. Well, th- <laughs> with this does always bring up that perennial question. Betty is not one of these comedies that has a bunch of like terrible hard things in it that happen, but it's not the pure laughs per minute rate that you're getting in what we do in the shadows. But you do get this other thing that is really important to comedy, which I feel like is like the Ted Lasso effect, where like you like these people and you want to be part of what they're doing because it has such a good energy. And that is the spirit of comedy, right? That is like the the building, Mm -hmm. the joy, the marriage, right? The love, all those things are comedy too. Not just like how hard you laugh and not that what we do in the shadows lacks those things, but it's a little edgier comedy, right? Right. It's less about, you know, how we're all, there's some terrible people. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Some very yeah. terrible people. And that's part of what makes it so funny. Remember when they all found their ghosts and they were hanging out <laughs> with, <laughs> with their ghosts? Because they're all undead, so their ghosts are still out there. Oh, Laszlo's didn't speak English. It just <laughs> yeah, a language that and, he forgot. It's just that he's forgotten. He's such a funny, sad, lonely character. Uh-huh. <laughs> this would be a perfect gift for a man named Steve. <laughs> for a man named Steve. <laughs> Okay, well, unfortunately, we have to do it. Like, I feel like we could do a whole show where we just talk about these two, but we do have to send one on, and the other will remain behind. Caitlin, what do you think? What's it going to be? What we do in the shadows or Betty? Oh, dink. They're both very good. Um, uh, I'm going to go for most laughs. I'm going to go with what we do in the shadows. All right, early one for what we do in the shadows. Cassie? Yeah, I've... Like, do watch Betty, but what we do in the shadows is almost like a perfect comedy. Yeah. It's got to be it. Books. Oh, it's it's what we do in the shadows. Mike. Oh, I'm so yeah. I wanted to Ryan let me know that his vote was what we do in the shadows, and my vote is also what we. Okay. Whew. I, I cannot <laughs> wait to watch Betty, but I was fucking terrified. It's very good. I do. Then what I will what I want to do then is I'm going to put in one vote for Betty uh, because Hell I do goodness. I do think it deserves it. it it's a really cool. Uh, movie. Man, they can skate. I almost said movie. It's a Hell show. Yeah. They can really skate. They get a lot of really mm-hmm. great footage of them skating where you're like, you feel like you're out there with them. Um, I and wish there was like... it's not stunt actors, too. Oh, That's yeah. the best part. Because it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I can see their face. Like, I know you're actually doing the trick. One of them whose name I can't remember right now, she's like the brunette with and with glasses. Like Camille. she will, Camille. yeah, Camille will just rip off like a combo of like eight tricks in a row and she just looks like a poem flowing around Perfect. out there. <laughs> Her footwork and her flow is insane. Mm-hmm. It's like it's up there with like some of the like she's one of the ones who can hold it down in any of those parks where like you go to her for the six shots. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Up next is number seven, pen fifteen, cringe culture, versus <laughs> number ten seed, the good place with its final season. Let me ask you, Mike. Can the cringy aspects of Pen15 hold up against maybe one of the most important comedies of the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I love The Good Place. Huge fan. It's crazy what Michael Schur could do as he's evolved. Uh, the Good Place is one of the best television shows. But Pen15, cringe I don't think is bad, uh, especially when it's setting that bar. It's aiming right at the cringe bar. Oh, yeah. And pole vaulting directly into it, landing on its crotch and falling <laughs> over. And to hit that very human, like this might be on our list of the bracket this year where we talked about earlier how comedies used to just make you hurt. Uh, uh-huh. This has that and it's fucking funny. And I don't know if it's just because they are, like the age they are in middle school is when I was in middle school, but I, it's, it's, it's flawless in how fucking awful and terrible middle school is. And how some of that is by your own design. And <laughs> they capture that while still making it so funny. I do think that the, the two main characters would get into fewer awkward situations if they did fewer machinations. <laughs> Maybe don't steal mm-hmm. panties that aren't yours. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the Good Place. Do we feel like this ended on a strong enough note, books? I think it did. I don't know if it's as great as it started but i still think it ended very well um i'm someone who hates cringe i have a bias against this already i've said this so many times i hate cringe but with that said pen 15 is hilarious it puts me in a place that i never want to go back to it puts me in situations that i never want to revisit 
And I still keep watching it, which I think says a lot about the show. It's crazy because it's like, it is the most cringe-inducing show of all time. But it doesn't make me wish that it were less cringy. It made me wish that if shows weren't going to be as good at being cringy, that they didn't even attempt it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like, if you're going to be this good at making me freak out, then you can do it. But if you're just going to do half as good as this from now on, then just don't. Find some other lever to pull. Yeah, it doesn't pull the punches on its cringe. It just goes for it and it masters it. And it's almost beautiful in how hurt, much it makes you hurt from it. <laughs> do if you if you found out that these women secretly had the souls of middle school girls in their bodies, would you believe <laughs> that they had Freaky Friday with just middle school girls, Caitlin? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That was a trick question because that's actually not possible. And so uh, they're just actresses. They're just very talented at what they do. And of course, they're not doing any sort of they're Freaky Friday though. thing. All right, Mike, you're going to have the first vote in this. What's it going to be? Number seven, pen 15, or number 10, The Good Place? It's 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 hard. It's one of those ones where I wish these two were not going uh, up against each other. But I, I, I'm i going to go with the new kid on the block, pen 15. Pen 15, getting that second season bump. Caitlin, what do you think? Um, I really loved how The Good Place ended. Um, I think it was one of those shows that had a really good ending. And I don't feel like the last season was just kind of like a wrap up. I feel like it was, it could stand on its own. So I'm going to go with The Good Place. All right. Very good. Cassie? Yeah, I'm going to go with The Good Place as well. Okay. Very good. Books? Uh, I feel like I'm going to make a big upset, but I have to go with The Good Place. All right. The Good Place. And I will also vote The Good Place. Not not because of my prejudice against cringe, but I really do feel like there's a lot of good stuff in the last season of The Good Place. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen it. So maybe I've lost a little bit of enthusiasm, but I look forward to going back and revisiting that. Moving on. The Good Place. All right. Our next matchup is number three seed Schitt's Creek in its final sixth and final season. Versus number 14 in its one and only season, High Fidelity. Can you believe that there is only going to be one season of High Fidelity, Mike? No, I mean, it seems like people love uh, pop culture lists. We really bank most of our free time on this podcast on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys love it. Great. High Fidelity to the show was awesome, but how do you make it modern? Don't have a white shitty dude be the star have zoe kravitz be shitty and be the star and all of it and and that part crown heights in brooklyn is where it takes place which is endlessly fascinating people are obsessed with new york this is less glitzy it's more that dirty girls type of new york uh it's bananas that this show is only lasting one season and we talk about the bump right so season six of Shit's creek can that go on? Because we know what it's going to do. It does it for six seasons. But I do feel like shows that only last for a season, that could hurt it because people feel yeah. like that's the point of even watching it. I don't know. Yeah. A bunch of episodes of a great show. <laughs> it is. It is. It's an amazing show, High Fidelity, and it's definitely worth watching, even though it only has one season. But Shit's Creek, am I right, Cassie? Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's Shit's Creek. It has, like, it has the heart that we of clearly love and Mm. was needed with like comedies this year and comedies really came through with and it's just like it round it knew when to end it told a good story it was it's beautiful for so many reasons but then also like solid comedy out of it but like a a casual comedy like it doesn't like 
try to be overly funny, it kind of just ends up being funny, I feel. It Very feels like organic. McKenna, do you agree that it knew when to hang up its gloves? That it, Did this show get out at the right time? I think it absolutely did because we had... I think most shows start with more characters who have already reached the halfway point that Schitt's Creek did on growth. Mm-hmm. And Schitt's Creek put them at like kindergarten level. So we did get six seasons and a solid six seasons because they had a lot to grow. But we had seen, we saw them turn into these as good as they were, could be people. Uh-huh. We saw them like develop their relationships. And if we had gone another season, it would have just been a repeat of where they ended up. They've graduated. They have reached their peak. And I just, I don't think we can, without turning them into these like perfect or impossible or creating character flaws. I think if we go to season seven, we're changing who they are or we're trying to make them less of who they are. So I think I totally, I totally agree. I think this, this show basically got to the finish line still doing really well, but it was, it was basically, they were at the end of what they had to do for this show. We never had to get to the point where we got sick of these characters where they just became, you know, catchphrase sprouting two dimensional versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. We never had to get to the point where uh, we felt like they were kind of doing the same episode a couple times. I think in this sixth season, there were episodes that were the weakest of the run of the show, but especially near the end of this season, it got really strong again. It gave us, you know, what, what we needed out of it. I only have one Funko Pop based on Shit's Creek. Which Funko Pop do you think it is, Caitlin? Is it David? <laughs> it's not David. It's Moira Rose. Oh, I was gonna get Caitlin, because you got that because you got that wrong. You get to vote first. What's moving on? <laughs> oh, number three, Shit's Creek, or number fourteen, High Fidelity? Wow, such a choice. Um, uh, <laughs> as someone like who that, is... like it's not <laughs> such a choice. <laughs> Uh, as someone who uh, started Shit's Creek, didn't really like it, and then continued going on, it definitely gets better as it goes. And I think season six, like, this is a sixth season. We usually say the first season is the best, but man, the sixth season is very, very good. So I'm going to go for Shit's Creek. All right. One vote for Shit's Creek. Cassie? Um, I am going to check out uh, High Fidelity because it does look good, but it's got to be Shit's Creek. All right. Mike? I love Shit's Creek. I think this might have been one of the weaker seasons. Ooh. I'm voting for a high fidelity. Oh, it's spicy, Ooh. and I love it. My review of Ty Curry. <laughs> Books. <laughs> I do feel bad because I feel like I only heard about high fidelity because of the cancellation announcement. Yeah, that, like, that's literally the reason I heard about it, and I think that's just a shame. But um, six weeks... Season six kind of is on par with season one is in not the strongest seasons, but it was still so good. And so especially by the final like two episodes. So that gets my vote. Yeah, I think it's getting the bounce here, but I don't think it's got legs, but we will we will see. All right. Our last matchup of the comedy bracket is number six. Better things. It's fourth season. The comedy about what it's like to be a 50 year old woman with uh, three beautiful but very difficult daughters uh, versus number 11, The Babysitter's Club, a show uh, literally for middle school girls. Uh, ladies, did any of you, including the one named nicknamed Books, read these books as a, as a younger lady? You know I did. I don't know why this is a question to me. <laughs> because I have to affect the posture of like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, because it's, it's good interviewing praxis. I also read them, so suck it. Is that true, Mike? <laughs> yeah. 
My sister they were had gems. I was a voracious reader. I read the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question was not directed at you, Mike. Please do not talk over the women. Uh, the Babysitter's Club, did you watch the show, McKenna? I've seen the first episode, and that's, that's where <laughs> did it I give am. You, did it give you those feels? Did it give you the No, the because it's transported feels? into the 2020s, and I, I for okay. some reason, my mind was tra- like trapped earlier, and I had a hard time. Yeah, are the that books was set in like flaw. the 80s? Yeah. They're set in so the 90s. So all the 90s, girls are like blowing 80s? rails and all they care about is business. Exactly. And they never off their cell phones. Yeah. Talk about Huey Lewis <laughs> in the news. <laughs> 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 They're all comparing business cards all the time. Uh, better Things is something beyond a comedy. This is what now feels like uh, an old school comedy of it will gut wrench you yeah but it's very funny it, it, this is pamela adlon's also ran man every so this is the fourth season every year this is out this makes the top eight uh-huh and just doesn't quite get there it's so why do you think good. that is mike i don't i think in the in the in the older era it was just never dark enough it was a little too funny and right yeah. now maybe it's just a little too dark like i think it might just but i i think this is one that in a few years time once when and if it ends revisiting it people will be like oh shit what a fool was i yeah for not watching it because i i think it hardly misses a step i feel like i finally understand the rhythms of that family the mother and the three daughters and when you start to really understand the rhythms of them they don't seem so confusing anymore um you see how much they are bound by love like mm-hmm. it's just love and a lot of aggression towards each other but really the love is like immense and then that starts spreading out to all the other characters in the show her pamela adlon's relationship with um you said his name earlier mike said Bader? yeah That's uh, <laughs> Bader's character yeah he's the guy who could say that name is like maybe one of the most beautiful relationships on, mm-hmm. on tv i mean it shows your soulmate doesn't have to be somebody that you have sex with it can be somebody that you're just is a, a relationship in your life but they are soulmates they're basically as married as any two people could possibly be i say that to ryan all the time <laughs> we don't have to <laughs> we don't have to take our clothes off to have a marriage my man <laughs> but i think it's time to move better things on so books which one are you voting for better things or babysitters club i feel like it's an unfair advantage like unfair disadvantage both these shows that they're like seated up against each other because babysitters club is clearly geared towards a different audience um but my vote goes towards better things all right mike yeah for me it's better things cassie it's better things caitlin yeah yeah the same i'm not sure how babysitters club (laughs) got here it was not a show ever intended for us uh it's rated g Um, watch it now tonight yeah i'm gonna check it out I watched maybe one minute of it, and I was just like, "This is not a show for me," and I, I don't have to. I almost I don't have felt to like, like yes, I felt creepy. I was like, "I am yeah. like it yeah. feels like I'm just stalking middle schoolers. <laughs> like, why yeah. am I doing this? Why are you doing that? That's something we are going to talk about off air when we come back. Mike is going to say some words before we end the show. Yes. <laughs> That is the preview show 2020. Aren't you all excited? Yes, sir. All right. Previewing. That is the show. You've heard the commercials throughout. So I think all I have left to say is thank you so much for listening. And uh, keep paying attention to those moments. Keep listening to those songs. Keep listening to those albums. Keep watching those comedies. Keep watching those dramas. And most importantly, keep watching those movies.
Yeah. Oh, man.